Hey guys, thanks for listening. Let's talk about today's sponsor, and that is BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, like anxiety or depression? BetterHelp will assess your mental health needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help, guys. It is professional, confidential counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available. The service is available to anyone hearing this podcast worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, anywhere, send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't have to ever, ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you ever need to. So visit BetterHelp.com slash spark. That's BetterHelp.com slash spark. Welcome back to the Two Marks and a Spark Wrestling Podcast. A very special episode today. Brought to you by BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash spark to save 10% off your first month with professional mental health counseling confidentially online. Today on the show, we have the star maker himself, Kenny Bowen. I talked about it on Twitter. I'm really excited for this. Now, now wait a minute. You guys are so big time that you've got sponsors, and yet I got that measly donation in my PayPal account. What the hell's going on over there? <laughs> you've got more coming. Don't worry. Well, I hope so. I hope so. I didn't know you had big time sponsors on your show. You make me look small time over here. I reached out to them. They did not reach but out then to again, me. But then again, the language on my show probably scares people from coming anywhere near me and the topics. Wow. From what I've heard of your show, it's pretty tame. Well, it just depends if you like the F word or not. It depends. We if say you the like F word. Them. All the fucking if time. You, if you like Donald Trump being bashed all the time, that that's, uh, you know, what, which I don't let anybody promote him on my show, so you're only going to get one version. So uh, I don't know. I, I thought spon- I've never even really tried to reach out to any sponsors uh, because I, th- I thought they would all be scared to touch me, to be honest with you. Well, you should ask Chris about it. I'm sure he'd be more than willing to help you email some people. Well, uh, uh, now who's Chris? Your son. My son, yeah, I've met him a couple times. Um, uh, actually, JJ Arwood would be better th- at that than Chris. But Chris don't give a shit. Shit, he barely wants to do the shows, uh, other than the Vampiro shows. He loves doing those. We might be having Russo on Tuesday. Uh, no, yeah, my birthday show because we had to reschedule Anthony Scaramucci for the 18th at 3 p.m., which uh, he's my favorite guest, and we're going to talk a lot about Bitcoin with him coming up. So we'll promote those shows later tell you how to find them or watch them pretty much just do a google search or a youtube search it should come up pretty easily exactly well Mm -hmm. kenny obviously the first question i want to ask you for those that don't know how long have you been in the wrestling business how'd you get in well i was in i guess for approximately 32 years i got in uh, november as a matter of fact someone sent me a picture of tojo yamamoto today when he was in his younger days in memphis and uh he was the first wrestler i ever managed in november of 1987 I was around the wrestling business pretty consistently since 1974 when I first met Jerry Lawler at the Louisville Gardens. Um, so I've been connected to the wrestling business on the inside since 1974, but really got inside in 1987 when you're in the locker room and doing shows. 
and I retired in 2012, but needless to say, I've always stayed around it, done podcasting for 18 seasons now. My 19th season will be this coming uh, September, so that'll be 19 seasons of podcasting. I think that covers 14 years. Every time I'd fire a podcast host, we'd just start a new season. <laughs> That's understandable. I'm, I'm, yeah, I could start season 19 tomorrow if JJR would you know, don't keep his shit together, you know, but if he panics and does something stupid, we'll just start season, season 19 tomorrow. We'll fire that guy in two weeks and then we'll be up to season 20. Exactly. See how easy yeah. Easy as that. How so, long you guys been podcasting now? Um, on and off for the last couple months, obviously I've been working on moving, but we're working on launching our own site, which I haven't officially announced yet. I guess the fucking words out on that one now. Yeah. I guess the words out. We're launching our site, WrestleMania Weekend. WrestleMania Weekend. Well, that's uh, what? uh, Probably less than a month away, I guess. Early April? Yep. We're working with a marketing team, and they're helping us do everything. They've got web designers and shit. You actually work with a marketing team? You're making me seem small time over here. I I don't know what a marketing team is. Me and JJ are the marketing team. (laughs) You've got a little bit more namesake to you than we do. I I do have a little bit. It it amazes me that uh, I've never left the country. Uh, I've only worked on shows pretty much on this side of the United States and very few of those. I did some Northeastern shows uh, up around Maine and Boston and Vermont up through there. New York, I think um, 20, it was post 9-11. I don't remember being terrified of getting on the plane, so... I'm shocked because uh, you'd have thought I'd have had second thoughts about it, but I thought it was pre 9-11. My son says we went after 9-11 and we did some shows up Northeast for Wolfie Sanderson, who was a multimillionaire who won the lottery up there. And he brought uh, me and my son to do our first shows together, which I think was a 2002, I guess. Your son, Chris was a wrestler, correct? He's not wrestling anymore. Well, no, actually, well, uh, yeah, he was trained to be a wrestler, but, uh, when I retired, Jimmy desperately wanted a Boland to still be doing the managing on television. When he was still doing OVW. Yeah, and, and somebody who could cut a promo and get some heat. So Chris came in when I retired. We made this big deal that I was going to announce my retirement and the end of Boland services. And Jimmy, oh, we're finally rid of your ass around here. You know, sorry you're retiring, but hey, to get rid of you and this company, so be it. So we come in. We had our attorney, Christian Miscagney, on the show. And we put this big production up. I'm just, I'm, I'm having to retire due to bad health shit. Who knows if I'll be around next year, all this shit. And this is the end of Bowling Services. But with every door that closes, another one opens. <laughs> and Jimmy says, oh, no. And I said, yep, that's exactly right, Jimmy. This is the end of Bowling Services. But the beginning of Bowling Services 2.0. Chris Bowling, come on out, son. And we bring him out and we relaunch the company over BS 2.0 with a new logo and all that shit. And and that's how it all started. And Chris was in it for about five years, I guess. And then and after I retired, he hung around here about three weeks and couldn't stand it. He says, I see why you left now. I didn't leave due to bad health. I just couldn't stand the product anymore. And I didn't like having to sit out there and bullshit the fans and try and act like these guys were worth a shit and that the people booking it were worth a shit. So that's and from what I've been it. able to ascertain about what <sighs> I guess I would call the downfall of the original OVW, it was a lot to uh-huh. do with John Laurinaitis taking over talent relations uh, uh i wouldn't call that exactly the downfall i know Jim, jimmy and john laranitis had their troubles i i would have never have linked that to the downfall the downfall 
uh, was unfortunately Danny Davis. Didn't want to do anything but sit in a control room and push buttons. He didn't want to do shit with the talent. He didn't even want to watch the show. I remember Rocco Bellagio went back uh, during the end of my career there, and he did some ladder match or something that was actually pretty good. And he went back, hey, Danny, what did you think of my match? Uh, That was my first ever ladder match. What did you think about it? Danny says, "I, I don't know. I don't give a shit. I don't watch this shit. And that just destroyed Rocco, that the fucking owner of the company, uh, so-called promoter, uh, didn't put over uh, or even bother to watch his match. He's sitting back there in front of a fucking monitor. Wasn't that hard to do? So that, you know, even that irked me a little bit. If you're not going to put some time and effort into the guys and then you got fucking amateur guys training your wrestlers, some guy named fucking Cornbread who thought he was somebody, uh, I don't know if he ever won a goddamn match on television that I know of, they had him training the guys. Because, you know, once Mike Mondo got called up, they had to get somebody to do it. Dinsmore was called up, so anybody who knew what the fuck they were doing... Talk about do somebody it. they fucked out of the wrestling business. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, I had him on my show recently, too, uh, Dinsmore. And uh, Mondo, I, I see pictures of on Instagram from time to time. I guess he's still involved in wrestling. I, I just don't even really keep up with it much anymore. Uh, other than when Jimmy Cornette says something stupid, racist, or womanizing. Like, apparently he's recently done, but we can get into that later in the show. So, would you call OVW the highlight of your career, or would you say that was more... Well, it, 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 well, it would have to be, because uh, other than that, I just worked for Nick Goulas, and I assisted Jimmy in Smoky Mountain Wrestling for a little bit. Other than that, I was loyal to OVW from uh, 1996 through 2012. So, what's that, 16, 17 years, or part of 17 years? Right. What was your thoughts when Al Snow bought the company? uh, Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Al might be on my show Tuesday. I'm having Matt Jones, the owner of Ohio Valley Wrestling on, who's a big deal in Kentucky sports radio here. Um, uh, He's got more followers than I got. So anybody's got more than I got, I I claim they're a big deal. And uh, and I think he's got 30,000 fans, but he does fucking radio for the Kentucky Wildcats, Big Blue Nation. So he's naturally going to have more followers than I got. Right. And so he's going to be on my show. We might have Al Snow on. And when Al Snow bought the company, I said, well, what the fuck snake old deal did Danny Davis pull? Because they tried to get me to buy the company right when WWE pulled out. Danny Davis uh, cooked these awesome steaks, had us up to his house and had me up there. Cornbread drove me because I didn't really want to go because I knew what was up. And uh, so Cornbread was saying, with your mind, with mine and yours mind, we should buy OVW together. And we'll make OVW a success again. I'm thinking, yeah, Cornbread is a, a great mind in the wrestling business. Well, I don't think anybody ever said that other than him. And um, Not many people so have heard I, of Cornbread, I don't think. Uh, anybody that uh, was trained in OVW during the uh, the end of before I, maybe 2011, 2012, and people would walk in and see that Cornbread was in charge of training class of the uh, of the beginner class rip rogers trained the the advanced class and uh, for a period of time he had cornbread training and he was loyal i'll give him that i mean he'd work for free that's what danny loves to hear uh i wasn't too much on that so i was always creating ways to make money whether i could get it out of danny davis's pocket or not and um you know the other guys weren't so smart about that uh, even al snow uh, said well why does kenny Bo? why is he the most famous guy on the show why does everywhere he go everyone knows who he is why is he the star? And he said, I'll tell you. He says, Kenny Boland acts like he's a star everywhere he goes. Kenny Boland has been invinced, convinced in his head since the day he got to OVW in 1996 that he was the biggest star in Louisville. 
And when you believe that, eventually the people that watch you and follow you believe that. He says, Jerry Lawler never got anyway, not acting like he was the toughest son of a bitch in Memphis. Even though he probably wasn't, people were convinced he was because he believed he was. And because I believe, well, fuck, I had a format. I was on two television stations. I was on Fox 41 and Big 58 at the same time. There wasn't anybody in the history of Louisville had ever done that, to be on a weekly television show uh, every Saturday night. So I made a big deal out of it. I even went to Philadelphia, and I down uh, badmouthed everybody that was there on cable, which was ECW and WWE, WCW wrestlers. I said, yeah, some of you's on the Superstation TBS. Some of you are on the USA Network. And there's others of you here that are on TNN. Well, woo-ha, big deal. You got to have cable to watch you guys. You can watch me free with an aerial antenna. And you can watch me on the Fox 41, and you can watch me on the Big 58. Well, before the night was over, the heat was on the TV stations because they had me on the show five times that night to stick my nose, to more or less introduce me to the wrestling world, you know, because we had every company represented there for the Eddie Gilbert Memorial. First time I'd ever been to Philadelphia. That was a big Memorial. show. That was. That was a real big show. Did they do Corley. like 10, 15,000 people for that? No, no, because it was in a hotel that probably only held about 2,000. So there there might have been a couple thousand people there, but it felt like 10,000 because the way the facility was set up. So I could see why people would think that. Uh, and it was booked like it was in front of 20,000 people because... Uh, oh, I think had, even Uncle Dave King over Kong, there reported it was like 10,000 people. Yeah, uh, uh, King Kong Bundy was there, uh, um, uh, uh, Psycho Sid. Uh, of course, me and Cornette, but I was not really a name in the business at that point. I was just more or less known as Jimmy Cornette's friend who had broken in in Louisville with two different wrestling companies at the same time. And uh, But I was a star by the time I left that night because every internet site was talking about me, talking about all the heat I had. Jimmy called me when the show was over. He says, only you could get heat with that pack of smart marks. He says, do you know how hard it is to get heat with ECW fans? And they fucking hated you for a shoot. Because you were burying all the television stations and you tried to make, and he says, I've never seen a promo cut to where the TV stations had as much heat as the, as the wrestler or the manager. He says, they hated Fox 41, they hated Big 58, and they hated you. And he says, you're the only one that can pull, back when Jimmy was giving me compliments, he, he probably wouldn't do that today. He'd but probably he probably deny you exist right now. He might, he might, but, the, but he's going to know better. But the chance for going, well, he knows we exist because he, uh, he apparently put, sent an email to somebody he thought was my enemy, uh, how he was uh, wished I was dead and he was going to make sure that uh, Chris was dead before he was done. He was going to let Chris know how bad he hates him. And we haven't released the email yet. It's probably going to come eventually. But, what uh, the fuck did yeah, you- Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't want me or my son. Now, now Chris is, is his godson. We haven't officially retracted it. Maybe I retracted it on Twitter. We haven't drawn up formal formal paperwork yet. And I remember when we had our demise, Jimmy was bragging about cutting us out of the will. I said, well, great. Now I don't have to take over the $350,000 that's owed on his house. Now I don't have to take over his bills. I can't afford to be in his will because I can't afford to pay all the goddamn money he owes. So I think that pissed him off, too. Wait a second. Didn't he move back into his mom's house? Yeah, that's the one, and he and he took out a loan to build an extension on it to basically convert the living room. In, uh, I'm sorry, the garage into an a living uh, into a living room. He added a garage, and then above the garage, he added an office, and I think that cost about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do that. 
And, uh, you know, times have been tough lately. He's not getting booked anywhere. There's not a wrestling company that'll touch him uh, due to all the racist and Vince might. And homo- Vince homo- might. No, Vince ain't going to touch him. Vince ain't going to touch him. They got enough fucking problems with having, without having a racist, homophobic uh, womanizer at the broadcast booth. Uh, so, no, Vince ain't going to touch Not even Vince McMahon will touch him. And that tells you uh, the toxic- toxicity that Jimmy has right now. Uh, he had an open door into AEW, but he fucked that up too. Uh, when he started uh, bitching about uh, one of the WWE girls being pregnant, said another one was ugly and all this shit. And- Did AEW make him an official offer? Because he's never been public about that. I don't think the offer was official, but they, from what insiders tell me, the groundwork was being laid because why else would he have those tag teams on his show? from AEW as much as he's badmouthed them. Common sense tells you that something was in the works. And then Jimmy couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut, and he lost that deal too. And that's really about the last door that he had. I don't think that, I mean, there's a reason Jimmy Cornette ain't in the Hall of Fame this year. Did you notice the list? I don't. I didn't see his name on it. They're running out of people. You know, well, who, who else went in this year? Molly Holly and who else? And uh, my son was saying- The 2020 class is going in this year and Molly Holly, and I, I guess they're talking about- trying to get a hold of Arn to put him in again. For what do you some... mean trying to get a hold of him? He ain't hard to find. <laughs> I can find him. Well, yeah, but Arn, apparently, from what I've been able to read, it's like Vince was pissed that Arn left, and mm-hmm. he wants Arn back, even if it's only for a one-off, and he's willing to work with the AEW thing, which I don't fucking believe for a second. But I don't believe it either. No, I don't believe it either. But I don't think Vince sees them as legitimate competition either. Mm, well, he better because oftentimes uh, I know they're beating NXT in the ratings on many nights. Now they're I don't watch them. any. I don't watch any. Oh, they're killing them. See, I hadn't heard that. I don't watch any of the shit because it, I see people bragging about having six hundred and sixty thousand viewers. Fuck, when we were d- doing the Attitude Era, and while we were developing talent and sending some of the bigger names in the company that are all still there today, a lot of them, uh, we were we were fucking getting seven, eight, nine million viewers for for Monday Night Raw. And I don't even know if they crack two million anymore. Is is it below two million? Because I bet it is. It is, but it wasn't before the pandemic. I, got, I don't know why I got my fucking glasses on. This is an audio podcast. I don't need them, so we'll do away with that. Um, they, they were they above started. two million before the pandemic, but then the pandemic hit, and that hit their viewership really hard. Well, of course it did, because if you think the show sucked before to drop from nine million to two million, watch it now, and then you put in fucking this monitor system to where. We are led to believe that all those fans are in unison chanting. <laughs> all bullshit. the fans on television are chanting and uh, and saying the right things at the right time. Uh, there are people out there that refuse to believe that that shit's being piped in. Yeah. It's about like fucking QAnon believers and Trump supporters. You yeah, cannot, exactly. you can't put a fact in front of them that they can fucking comprehend. That thunder. So, uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, well, I don't know what they're going to do now because April 1st, uh, Tampa Bay is going to need the Thunderdome back. They're not going to convert all that every time w- or, uh, they need to tape. No. Don't they do Raw and SmackDown? In we just talked about that on the show not that long ago was what the fuck yeah. are they going to do April 1st? Well, it's actually yeah. April 8th. It's April 8th yeah, because I guess Tampa's opening on the road, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I, so, yeah, and they, that's probably done for a reason, to buy them another week in there that they can get some shows done, but I, where are they going to go after that? Well, they, they have a SmackDown the Friday that the Rays open at home. Oh, do they? And that's the last SmackDown before WrestleMania. Well, where, where are they going to show that SmackDown at? Uh, obviously, it ain't going to be in Tampa Stadium. They they can't 
build all that back up again after a baseball game. What are they going to do? Put it on wheels and wheel it in every time they have a taping? Is the fucking place that big? I don't think so. No, it's not. I I've I know people that have been there. I mean, there. There's still people wanting to get rid of that stadium. I mean, fuck, it's air conditioned in fucking Florida. Shut up. There's not going to be that many fans anyway. Seattle's only letting 9,000 people in. I think Cincinnati's going to be close to the same. So you're going to have an average of nine to 12,000 fans per baseball game. The Twins are doing uh, 10,000. Twins are doing t- yeah, I said nine to twelve. Shut up. See, you fucking tried you tried to bear you tried to embarrass me. You tried to make me look bad. Well, twins were letting in ten. I said nine to twelve, did I not? Is yes, anybody letting did. in twenty? Is anybody letting in twenty? Uh the Texas Rangers are letting in forty. Oh, that's right. They're gonna go capacity, aren't they? There you go. There's fucking COVID death just waiting to fucking happen. And uh and I'm gonna touch on that for a second too. Go ahead. I don't I don't know how many listeners you got, but hopefully with the king being on, you might get a few more tonight, the star maker, whatever the fuck people want to call me. But you want to talk about disaster waiting to happen. Watch Italy and watch Europe. As so goes Europe and Italy, so goes the USA. And Italy is on half of the country being shut down. They're going to shut the whole country down for Easter. And Europe is much in the same boat. They're on the rise over there, all these different variances. And all of a sudden, Texas and Mississippi and every other fucking dumb fuck Republican governor on the goddamn uh, USA has decided, well, the coast is clear. We've got 10 to 15 percent of the population vaccinated. We're gonna all, Everybody's going to be vaccinated by some time in May or June or whenever the fuck. Well, no, we're not. We've already got 45 percent of Republicans say they will not take the vaccine. Uh, there's various others that don't want to take it. There's Democrats that don't want to take it because Trump rushed it. There's black folks that don't want to take it because they're scared to death. It's going to fucking kill them because they're dying at a six to one ratio over white people anyway. So thanks. Mark my word. Mark my word. Yeah. Thank you for ignoring the fucking virus for 70 days. If we'd have done what fucking South Korea did, they had their first case the same day we did. And they have a tiny, and yeah, they don't have 330 million people, but they also have a tiny, tiny fraction per capita per 100,000 people that we have. We lead the world in that. We've always led the world in it. Brazil is like second or third, and they're still light years behind us in total death and, and, and death per capita and hospitalization per capita. So mark my words, watch Italy, watch Europe, and then it's coming here three to four weeks later. Ain't shit we can do about it. Because now we got more people flying on goddamn airplanes than than has happened since the pandemic. We broke a record this weekend. And now you got stupid fuck Republicans who, oh, the coast is clear. Well, how many times has Florida said the coast was clear? How many times has Ohio Florida's been open since January? Michigan, yeah. Well, and now you got these dumb fucks. So it's not only the dumb fuck Republicans, now you got the dumb fuck teenagers and college students packing in there in record in record numbers. Police can't fucking keep them all under control. Uh, had a bunch of cops get hurt last night in Miami trying to get somebody to wear a fucking mask and social distance. They don't give a fuck. And it's like me. I haven't been vaccinated. I haven't had the flu since 1977. And I'm not even fucking convinced if I can get coronavirus or not. Because I've been around about fucking six to eight people that have had it. Or at least in the premises of. My son's had it. My daughter-in-law's had it. My ex-wife has had it. You said Chris um, thinks he had it twice. You said, yeah, that. Chris thinks he had it twice. So it is possible. He, he knows the fucking symptoms better than anybody. And, um, and, and there are people that have getting it. They're getting it twice. There's actually, I think there's been people that get vaccinated that get it. But the great thing about being vaccinated is that none of them have gone to the hospital and none of them have died. So you got that going for you. But uh, I'm basing it on common sense. What happens in Italy, what happens in Europe happens here three to four weeks later. 
And on top of that, you got all this denial going on. We've only had 10 to 15% of the population vaccinated. Some states are under 7%. I saw a report today says Indiana had, Indiana ain't got anybody vaccinated yet. Republican governor, of course. And um, I'm telling you, three to four weeks from now, the numbers are going to be going back up. We're going to have to shut down again. And uh, until we get 90% of this population vaccinated, herd immunity, herd immunity cannot set in. And uh, I don't know how we get there with 45% of Republicans saying they're not going to not going to do it, and X amount of Democrats and uh, ethnic people saying they're not going to do it. I mean, we're looking at best to getting 60, 65% vaccinated of everybody that needs to be vaccinated. And uh, point I, is, get the vaccine, people. Seriously. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I'm going to get it, and I've never had a flu shot in my life. I've never had the flu, but if I get the flu, chances are I'll survive. If I get coronavirus at 61 in previous health conditions that are not that great, um, some my of them recent. Survival, my, my survival chances dramatically go go way low. So I, I when I when it's my turn and when I can get it, I'll get it. I hope to get the Johnson and Johnson. I'd like to get the one and out. But yeah, bottom line, people get the goddamn shot. And when and when it comes to the mask wearing, um, they're klutzy, but they work. Yeah, and well, but they don't work unless everybody wears them. If I I wear my mask not to protect me because I don't know how much protection it does for me. Because if you're not wearing a mask, I can get it through the eyes. It's still possible I can get it through the mask if the mask slips down. And, and these people that wear the fucking thing under their nose, I could bitch slap every one of these motherfuckers. Bryce, didn't you say something like that one time when we saw with, somebody with, with the mask with below the nose? fucking mask below their nose or even worse, under their chin. Hey, it doesn't work under your chin, you stupid fuck. It doesn't work. Are you still there? Yes, sir. Yeah. I thought I heard a little sound that sounded like we might have lost somebody. No. Uh, but if it ain't covering your nose and if it ain't over your mouth, it ain't doing any fucking good, you blithering goddamn idiots. Most of you Republicans. But there's other stupid fucks and stupid fucking teenagers uh, that are doing it as well. Because, well, if I get sick, I'll survive. Well, good for you, motherfucker. If I get sick, I probably won't. So why don't you consider your others? Why don't you consider your aunts, uncles, your grandma, your grandpa, or people you don't even know? I, I could uh, uh, I haven't been tested. I could I could be carrying it for all I know. So I'm trying to protect you. I don't want to go to Kroger or Walmart or Costco or wherever and not wear my mask and then infect somebody uh, that I don't even fucking know. They get sick and fucking die. I mean, I might not ever know about it, but I, I like to take every preventive chance to make sure that that doesn't happen. Because if you're asymptomatic and most Republicans can't even spell that, more or less say it, uh, if you're asymptomatic. You can spread it to fucking anybody. So wear your fucking mask. It's not that big of a goddamn deal. Wear the goddamn thing and protect your neighbor, protect your friend, protect your family. Because I wear mine to protect you. Now you, motherfucker, wear yours to protect me. Exactly. I don't think that's asking too fucking much. And All right, I'd, enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, one more thing. I don't like to get political on here, but I'm going to say this. Well, I do. Uh, yeah, I, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> I perfectly understand that because you're passionate about it and it makes total sense. I and I agree with everything I you am. say. Well, there you go. You just got political. There you go. Uh, but I, I don't want to put down all the Republicans here cause they have at least one smart one and it's Mitt Romney, but nobody seems to listen well, to him. Well, and also Ben Sass, let's not forget Ben Sass. And, uh, there's another guy that stood up big time against uh, Trump. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was Ben Sass or was it someone else? Somebody uh, maybe from Missouri. Um, 
I can't remember his name. He's the one that really stood up. He says, how, how can you Republicans continue to lose your party and worship one dude? And that's how he said it. And uh, I can't, if it wasn't Ben Sass, then it was someone else. But there's only been seven or eight of them, uh, Lisa Murkowski and a few others. That have, uh, seven or eight of them that have only that, that, that have stood up and came out vocal against him. And then fucking McConnell stands up and goes against him. And then backs back. Now, yeah, I'll vote him if, the, if, the, if he's the nominee. Well, why? Why would you do that? He just caused an insurrection. He just fucking got uh, uh, two cops committed suicide. Another one got murdered while he's there. Another 130 fucking got injured. Another one lost his fingers. Another one got his eye put out. Um, I mean, what, what's he got to fucking do? Well, he didn't cause it. Well, yeah, he did. He fucking organized the date, spent $50 million of his campaign funds to make sure that they all got there on the date told them where to go to cause the trouble. And then many of the Republican congressmen have been caught on interactions with the fucking insiders and rioters that they have arrested. Exactly. Their names and phone numbers are on the fucking phone records. Well, I guarantee you, um, uh, Nancy Pelosi's name wasn't on any of those fucking phone calls. It, it wasn't as much as I disagree other. with her. No, I do not. Well, think I, you know what? Not my favorite person in the world either, but she's all we got for now. And at least she's better than most any other fucking Republican that you can put up there. I think Chuck uh, Schumer is better than her, but I'm an independent. Well, and, and I'm probably not the biggest Chuck Schumer fan in the in, in the world. Uh, who's the other guy? There's Chuck Schumer, and who's the other one that's uh, one of the Democratic leaders? I can't remember. It, Chuck he, Schumer, uh, because he, Schumer's the older one, and who's the younger one that steps in and does a lot of talking? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Me too. But ah, well, somebody will come here's up. the plan, or here's the point: wear your fucking yeah. mask. Yeah. Get the fucking vaccine. Yeah. So we can go to wrestling shows again. Yeah. So we can go to those concerts of us again. Want to go? Yeah. Those of us that want to fucking go. Well, I want to go to see. I want to go to the Cincinnati Reds this year. So we'll see if that gets to happen. They're going to let about nine thousand people in. As if we get our shit together, we might be able to pump it up to forty uh, percent. You okay. know, to leave room to at least uh, leave a couple of seats between each of the fans. I mean, I think it holds what forty eight, forty four thousand, something like that. Right. Thirty eight thousand. Um, and the Reds yeah, look like I mean, they're going to be pretty good this year. So uh, there's some potential there. There's some potential. I was a little disappointed we traded away uh, Trevor Bauer, but uh, maybe the contract was just too big, and we got something uh, to be equivalent in its place. I doubt that. Uh, but but Castellanos, man, he's so he's good. He's, he's good ball unreal. Yeah, he's a solid ball player, and I was glad to see we didn't trade Suarez. I heard he was on the blocks to Detroit for a while. So I'm glad we didn't trade him. Uh, he's uh, he. Everybody had a shit year last year. You look up and down the Reds lineup, and you couldn't find anybody hitting over 205 with 10 homers. Yet that I team mean, made the playoffs. Joey, now Joey Votto, I would have traded if Toronto wanted him. He, he that contract uh, is massive. I know he's from Toronto. I thought Toronto just might like to get him there to finish out his career, but apparently not for that much money. And I think a lot of what Votto's getting was in back pay. You know, like, we didn't pay you that much at front, so we're going to make up for it now. But there's no way he's going to earn the dollars on that contract. And if I got somebody to take him, I would have. But Toronto would probably be the only one that would take him, especially with the production he's had the last couple of years. Well, Isn't it amazing how many things I know about? Here's the thing. The Mets are just dumb enough to the point where they might take him. <laughs> I know they're not. <laughs> the Mets aren't that stupid. Who they got at first right now? Pete Alonzo. So yeah, maybe they would. No, no, Votto ain't going there. No, we'll we'll take we'll take Pete in that trade and, and whatever the salary is, we'll take it. I'll, I'll speak for the Reds right now. I think it's. I, I think... love Votto. I love Votto. He's a great guy. Great per, great personality. Uh, great for the community. 
a uh, little dry on the humor sometimes, but what Canadian isn't other than Owen Hart? And um, I've heard great no, things I, about Owen, by the way. Oh, he was the best. I knew him well. Uh, my son loved him. He loved my son. Every time that he knew we would be at a show, if Cornette wasn't on the show, he would make sure that we were taken care of. And Jimmy was always taking his ball and going home or getting mad over something. So we never knew when Jimmy would actually How be there. How many times did he quit the WWF? Oh, uh, God. Quit or getting fired. Uh, he had a pretty good combination number there. Uh, there was a few. There Didn't was a few. Vince... I heard a story one time that Vince fired him and then called him back the next day or some crazy shit like that. I don't know that for a fact, but it sounds like it could have happened. I mean, Vince is a hothead. Jimmy's a hothead. Uh, I do remember Jimmy quit when uh, they destroyed his car on TV as a rib. Well, it was a piece of shit fucking Ford Taurus that had 300,000 miles on it. Who gives a shit? Vince could have bought him a brand new fucking Jaguar the next day and never missed a fucking dime. And they might have, but Jimmy lost his fucking mind, got pissed. They All they did was break his windshield and put a couple little dents in it. It was a fucking Ford Taurus with over 300,000 miles on it. From what was and, it, like 89, 90? Uh, well, he showed up at my house in 93, 90. Well, we, no, I'd say it was later than that because we did the Eddie Gilbert Memorial in 97. And uh, so maybe somewhere around there and the car was real fucking old. But I remember he quit and drove to my apartments and fuck them. And we went and played ball with my son. We played wiffle ball. And he was free. He just he just got mad and quit because they broke his windshield on his car and he had to drive home through New York with a broken out windshield. He was scared for his safety and the weather and all that. And uh, so I understand being pissed if they weren't going to do anything about it. But if fuck, I'm, I'm shocked Vince didn't call a cab, send him home and order him a new car the next day. I mean, shit. And that's not they something Vince it. wouldn't do either from all No, accounts. no. I mean, it, it, I, I got my differences with Vince McMahon, but he would have took care of Jimmy on the fucking car. He, he wouldn't have just put a windshield in his 89. Hey, man, calm down. We'll get you a new car tomorrow. Get you a new Ford Taurus for five grand. We'll get you a new Ford Taurus there, pal. <laughs> He'd have been happy with it. He'd have been happy. But he quit. I don't know how long he was gone, but he quit, drove to my house. and uh, He's never and talked wait. about that publicly, quitting. He said he, he, that he was pissed when it happened, but he never talked about quitting and going yeah, to well, he, he quit because he's at my house a couple of days later. So. <laughs> uh, he definitely quit. I remember, I remember he got fired, uh, I think from ROH, when he got mad at something that happened near Pittsburgh. And yeah. he got mad. I forgot what the angle was. But the next thing I know, Jimmy throws his cell phone into a cornfield and he has no way to reach anybody. Uh, but whatever he said or did, somebody reported him and he basically got fired right there. In uh, Pittsburgh. He said and he, and something. he told me he got fired. But then he goes on the air and tells people he didn't get, didn't get fired. And then apparently the Young Bucks or somebody ratted him out that knew he did. But they had an agreement that Jimmy and, and them left under under some type of agreement, but that's not the case. He told me he got fired on the phone, then threw his phone into a cornfield, and I didn't hear from him for a few days. And then the he he then he calls me back, actually like he didn't get fired. I said, well, you're bullshit, you didn't quit. You told me you got fired. Yeah, goddamn, I can remember shit happened three or four days ago. Well, and I'd have he, to find the clip his, again. But he in his mind he in his mind convinced himself that he hadn't been fired, that he quit. And that him and ROH, everybody that he ever gets fired from, he comes to a mutual agreement that they decided to part ways. Same thing when they uh, made the racist chicken remark on that NWA show he was on. Uh, he claimed that was a mutual agreement. No, it wasn't. They fucking fired him on Corgan, the spot. Cor Corgan fired him. Corgan said that. He said, yeah, I fucking <laughs> fired him. 
Uh, well, Jimmy said he didn't. So uh, no, Jimmy Corgan. never lies. Jimmy never lies. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Jimmy Jimmy never lies. Billy He'll Corgan, love him or hate him? Well, I don't know enough about him to love him or hate him. He never offered me any big money. So, but you know. love him or hate him, Billy Corgan does not tolerate bullshit. He has proven yeah. that now. He's fired several right. people over the speaking out movement. Billy Corgan yeah. will not stand for bullshit. Yeah. He's like, you want to yeah, do stupid I, I shit? Fuck anything. you. I don't know any. I don't know anything about it. I know that when Jimmy got fired, people were begging him to bring me in, but I, I never got a phone call. So, Would you what? consider going to the NWA if Billy Corgan picked up the phone and called you? Depends how much money he offered. I mean, I can't do it for free. <laughs> but, if he uh, made, if the number was right, would you go to the if NWA? The, if the number was right and I had an opportunity to learn their talent base and learn who they got, Aaron the Idol Stevens was there, but uh, Aaron told me they haven't done a show in a couple uh, about, about a year. Uh, and plus his tag team partner died recently. So, yeah. uh, yeah. And with Aaron being there, it'd be a blast. Uh, Aaron was my roommate for a shit couple of years. I've heard and, great uh, things about Aaron Stevens. Yeah. He's, he's as good as they get, man. He's a, uh, he's been a dear friend for a long time. Really uh, smart too. I, like... I, I got, he's very smart. I got him to quit chewing tobacco. He wasn't too smart about that. I think I motivated him to finally quit. He knows I despised it with a fucking passion. And I despise that he didn't know how to fucking cook an egg other than on high heat. And we've actually talked about that on my shows before. He ruined like three of my frying pans while he lived. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty, twenty-five dollars a fucking pan, you know, for my Teflon pans. Well, I got one now I don't think you can ruin. So we smartened him up to it. I'm anxious to see if he's bought that new frying pan yet. But, yeah, Aaron, he's going to be back on my show again soon. The first one went real well. Uh, and that's what kills me is that uh, now that we do podcast uh, on four different sites, Twitch, Periscope, uh, YouTube, and Facebook. The views get all divided up. Used to be fucking Facebook would kill YouTube like five to one, but here lately now YouTube is beating Facebook three to one. I don't know what's going on with that or what happened. Maybe the Facebookers are tired of me. I don't know. Could just uh, be the algorithm fucking you. It, well, that could be too. And uh, the um, audio podcasts are doing real good because we're now on Amazon. We're on uh, iHeartRadio. Spotify. Um, I'm leaving somebody out. There's like four big ones run now. iHeart, Spotify. Google oh, Podcasts. Apple, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. You run all those. You're on and, the same uh, things our, we are. Yeah, now our audio numbers are really up, and it's killing our video numbers because a lot of people, just like what we're doing now, want to plug it in, listen to it on the ride to work, on the ride from work, or long vacation, whatever. And we get so many audio listens now, it's killing our video views. When I was only on YouTube, we were getting five to 6,000 videos a month. Uh, shit, me and, uh, me and Chris got 35,000 views when we ousted Jimmy the last time because uh, people wanted to hear what we knew. Uh, some people didn't think we told enough. We thought we did, and uh, most people thought we did, but there's a few, you know, a few of the marks out there that were. Let's get into that because that's where, about the right. time me and you started talking. Was was that, was that about when that was? Yeah, because remember you followed me on Twitter when I said something about Jim Cornette being a no good, dirty rotten fucking shit, hey, hey, shithead. When people when people speak the truth, I have a tendency to follow them. And I said something to the equivalent of what Cornette did is unexcusable. Da 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 da. Yeah, well, it's, it was it was unexcusable, and. I said, if it's true, because at the time we didn't know and you hadn't done your podcast yet. Well, the, the difference between me and you, I didn't have to say if it's true because we knew it was. Right. And I didn't even know you were on Twitter. I knew of you and I'd watch. God damn. <laughs> I've been on there since a long time. 2009, I think. Well, like here's that. what the deal was. I just recently started watching OVW because I'm a younger guy. I'm only 22. And I right. just found a bunch of OVW clips on YouTube. 
Mm-hmm. And I was That's watching. Pretty good. That's pretty good, wasn't it? And I was watching Rico Constantino and John Cena and Bobby Lashley, right. and I'm like, dude, this is better Bull than Buchanan. Bull Buchanan, Mark Henry, yeah, uh, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. I Joe think Henry Smith. did some of his best work in OVW. He he actually did because we gave him the format to do it. And for as much as Jimmy Cornette wants to shit on Brock Lesnar, yeah. Well, he... personally, personally, Brock was very difficult to get along with back then. Him and Danny Davis got along good, not so good with me and Jimmy. Uh, God, I've told the stories a million times, but I've heard that every time Brock is in town, he asks how I'm doing and says to tell me hello. Uh, me and Randy had our differences back then, but but Randy, uh, uh, I think he and I patched up differences when he punched he punched somebody in the mouth that was God. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was. Ken Doan or who it was, but uh, somebody said some stupid shit on some foreign trip they were on, and, and uh, Randy knocked them out, and uh, we congratulated him uh, for doing that. And I said, I know we've had our differences, Randy. I said, but we were definitely on the same page with that. He's all bowling me, and you ain't got no problems. So. Did, uh, when you were getting ready to leave OVW, did Vince and, call and, you? And, Rand, and Randy is extremely on good terms with Rip Rogers, too. So, and, and not not all the guys have remained close with Rip, so I'm sure Rip really appreciates uh, Randy sticking by his side. And did was there ever a time where they thought about putting Bowling Services on the main roster? Or were you exclusively OVW nope. talent? Nope. Uh, reason being, you got you got to look at it from my perspective and theirs. Jimmy came down here because he was he had been reduced to commentator, and I think he basically got replaced by Shane McMahon. And he wanted to get the fuck out of Connecticut, as he says it. Well, he he did, he did, but they wanted him the fuck out of there as bad as he wanted to get the fuck out. Jimmy wanted to manage. He basically wanted to have creative control, which they weren't going to give him. Uh, hence, when they gave him that Midnight Express team that didn't get over too well. Which is, didn't you say in an interview, I heard you say in an interview that Jim Cornette is the greatest creative thief ever? Something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I told Bill after that when me and Jimmy were friends. Jimmy knows I said it. I didn't fucking hide it from him, and he knows it. I wasn't sure um, where it was from, if it was Bill's show. or Yeah, it was Bill After's show, because uh, they were trying to uh, talk about how great he was. Well, me and Jimmy were still dear friends then. We were going out to dinner every week and uh, talking on the phone every day and doing his podcast. But I've never held back on what I think of Jimmy and when I think he's right and when he's wrong. And I have uh, defended him many times when I thought he was right. I've gotten in his shit when I thought he was wrong. And I'll do it on the air so the people hear it. And uh, we even talked about the hot tub thing. And people have been calling me, writing me, Kenny, goddamn, I didn't realize that was a shoot. I said, well, you might want to listen to a lot of the shows. There's a lot of fucking shoots on there that y'all didn't realize were shoots uh, at the time. I said, but that's what made them so good because it was fucking real life. <clears throat> and Jimmy was having to defend real life, but he didn't mind doing it because I was the con man, the backstabber, the guy that kicked his mother out so a wrestler could pay more money than his mother was paying. Who's going to believe Bolin anyway? So I could tell the truth. But yet, no, the fans wouldn't believe me. Although Jimmy have to say, oh, fucking Bolin, I can't believe he said that. He wouldn't even have to call me a liar. He would only have to say, well, I can't believe Bolin said that because it was true. And uh, But somebody uh, pulled up a show to where I was burying Jimmy for the hot tub blackmail shit of having people over to fuck his wife and uh, in exchange for a spot on the television show. Was that and real, by the way? I know you... <laughs> Is it real? Well, there's. Let's. Put, I'm gonna. I'm gonna phrase it. Uh, I think I heard from an Amos and Andy show once. I don't know if he's crook or not, but there's a lot of people saying it. <laughs> so, 
So you don't know uh, if it's true or not, but you're pretty sure it is. Well, well, I've never been there, but goddamn, it's like with Donald Trump when 43 people accuse you of rape. Let me give you the Stephen Colbert scenario that I've said on my show about a hundred times. If one person says you broke into their house and pooped in their sink, you might not be a sink pooper. But if 43 people say you broke into their home and took a shit in their sink, you, sir, are a certified sink shitter. <laughs> That's basically what Stephen Colbert said, only in cleaner terms than I just put it. So, no, um, I was not there. I, I didn't want any part of that. And um, Because he was a big Jimmy... part of the problem in OVW from everything. What's that? Rico's... Was, he, was Cornette a big part of the problem in OVW? Because that's what Rico basically said was Cornette was a big issue. Uh, well, constantly getting hot and losing his temper and quitting, the sh- quitting in the middle of the show and getting mad when Stephanie would call somebody up. And then we'd have to it, it, Jimmy wanted permission to call anybody up because he wanted to finish out the storyline with them. In Jimmy's head, OVW was more important than what we were doing. Me and Danny Davis both agreed. Why does he get so fucking worked up over this? It's not worth it. Uh, yeah, he spent some time writing, and he would tear the script up and write a whole new show just because one person got yanked out. I said, isn't it basically just a piece of the puzzle? Well, that piece of the puzzle went away. So, what, Danny, what we do is that we now insert that piece of the puzzle. We don't have to tear the whole fucking show up. We can replace that piece of the puzzle, come up with a reason why we're using that piece of the puzzle, and then the problem is solved. And Danny said, yeah, I see it exactly that way, but Jimmy writes the shows. Jimmy will not go for that, and so we have to put up with this shit. How much, was so, a, how much of a farce has he made out of the whole Santino Morella getting slapped in the face story? Uh, how much of a farce? Explain to me what you mean. How much of it has he bullshitted to make himself look good? I've heard it said that uh, he slapped Santino as many as 17 times. Have you heard that? Because I saw that today. Yeah, I've heard that. I, I don't believe that. Okay. I don't think anybody would let Jim Cornette he, slap them 17 times. He, he slapped him once, no more than three times. I was at the broadcast booth, and I didn't see it. I heard from the boys that Jimmy had slapped. I think he slapped him maybe twice, maybe three, definitely no more than three. The only reason he did it, he had the entire locker room around him so that if Santino went off on him, not that they were picking Jimmy over Santino, it would have probably been the other way around. But they he was well-liked, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was very well-liked. And uh, they would have tried to prevent Santino from losing his job. So Jimmy knew he had that going for him. And, uh, and he would hope the fear would be there that Santino would not want to lose his job and would take whatever the fuck Cornette was going to give him. The actual story that happened, and this part I do know is true, is that the boogeyman went over, because uh, we used to have the, tra- the the training guys sitting in the crowd so they could help the fans determine who to boo for, when to boo, when to cheer, this, that, and the other. Which that was actually my idea, was to have two or three people on one side of the arena, two or three people dead center, two or three people to the right that were smart to what's going on on the show, and if they boo, everyone else will boo. And if they cheer, everyone else will cheer. But you got to have the nine people that are placed out there to be smart enough to know what to do and when to do it. So that was my idea, uh, which was pretty much what we were doing. Uh, I say that's my idea. Actually, it was Chris's. It was Christopher's idea because they had that wrestler named, um, God, he, he died, Rob, Rob, Rod Steele. Uh, the real deal, Rod Steele. And... Chris says that the crowd can determine who gets over and who doesn't. And, and Jimmy says, no, 
who gets over is who I decide gets over. And that's how that works. And Chris says, I guarantee you we can take anybody on the fucking roster and we can get him over to the level that you would have to fucking put him on TV. Uh, Jimmy says, no, you can't. Can't be done. Well, Chris got maybe five of his friends together. A couple of them sat on one side, two on another, one in the middle. And whenever Rod Steele came out, they stood up and went ape shit nuts. There might have been as many as seven of them. And those seven people, my son and, the, and his six buddies, would get that crowd amped up like you wouldn't fucking believe to cheer for Rod Steele. And when, and when those would stand up... He wasn't it, a bad were... worker, if I remember correctly. No, he was a bad worker. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but... Uh, the, the real deal, Rod, he's the guy that had the cape where all the gold and glitter and everything. Okay, yeah, out. I'm thinking of somebody else. He was, he, he was all right, but uh, no one's going to no say he should have been called up to the WWE. No one's ever going to say that. Not even Rip Rogers who trained him. Uh, uh, but a nice guy, nice, nice, but he started believing that all this shit was real. That he, he thought he was that over. And, um, so they got him for like six, eight, nine weeks in a row where he's the most over fucking guy on the undercards on the dark matches. He was getting main event pops and, and Jimmy was pinned into it because Jimmy forgot the bet that he made with Chris and he didn't realize that Chris and his buddies were the one getting him over because Chris didn't tell him how he was going to do it. He just says, we can get him over when you can't. And uh, so his buddies did that. They got him on television. Finally, after nine or ten weeks, they had to put Rod on television. And when he came out, Christopher had his buddies down it, and he got nothing. Three, four weeks in a row, Rod Steele's getting nothing. Now he's getting booed whenever they say his name. Uh, when he, the, the only move he really knew was the scoop slam. So when they were getting him over scoop slam, and they'd have the whole building yelling at scoop slam. And there was be four or 500 people in there back then. And, uh, so they got him over and they got him just as un over in one week. He got nothing. And Chris and his friends went around smart in the crowd of, okay, we got him on the show. Now we give him fucking nothing. And we show Jimmy that we control this shit, not him. And when Jimmy found out it was Chris that sabotaged his thing with Rod Steele and created it, he was fucking furious. But did he's, Jimmy he's like never... Rod Steele as a worker? No, <laughs> he liked having people that were over on television and he was pinned into doing it. No, he didn't think Rod was a great worker. And if, uh, and if he'd have known that Chris and his buddies were the one trying to get him over, if, Jim, if Jimmy had been smart enough to catch on to it, Rod would have never made it regardless what the fans did. Because he would have been proving Chris wrong that, that this shit uh, is not going to work, Chris. But uh, when your middle name is Mark, and Jimmy's is, you can be just as big a Mark as anyone else. And Jimmy fell for it. I've heard it said that he doesn't realize how smart the fans actually are. Some of he, them. He, does, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, Jimmy's always the smartest guy in the room. I don't care if it's me, Vince McMahon. Jerry Jarrett, well, maybe not Jerry Jarrett. He he will put Jarrett over. He will put Bill Watts over. Well, fuck, he stole he stole all their ideas. He he put over. Uh, Fritz oh, he Von still Eric. puts over Jeff Jarrett. He he puts over Jeff. Yeah, who's fucked him more times than I can count. <laughs> I was kind of a little surprised to hear that. I didn't know if Jeff and him were hell. Jerry Jarrett and Jimmy don't even speak anymore. Really, but, I I hadn't but, heard that because he's still putting Jerry well, over. Well, I, I'll tell you where I heard it. Jerry told me on my own show. Uh, I think it's because, well, this is what Jerry said. He thinks because, because Jerry lit him up on Trump shit a, a time or two. 
And, and, and Jared's a Trump supporter. And if there's ever anybody I can forgive for being a Trump supporter, it's Jerry Jarrett. I love him enough not to let that shit interfere with it. And I thought Jimmy would too. We used to let that slide with Jerry Lawler too. But Jerry uh, apparently took a little uh, grudge with me over the tweets I'd make. And the hell, he muted me forever. I don't know if he still has me muted or not. We did have a long conversation before the election on my phone. We talked for about 80, 80, 90 minutes and laid the groundwork to have him on the show. But he was convinced Trump was winning in a landslide. I said, are you still going to do my show when it's Biden that wins in a landslide? He says, there's not a chance in hell that's going to happen, Kenny. And so we, we I didn't want to talk politics with him because I knew it was going to make him mad. But he decided he wanted to talk about it. I said, if we can talk about this without you getting pissed at me or me at you, and I'm not going to get mad at you. You're welcome to whatever opinion you want. You've ran for mayor and I haven't. Um, and then I pointed out to him he didn't win either. <laughs> so um, I thought he was going to do the show, but now he doesn't answer my tweets and because uh, I guess he thinks the I told you so is coming. What do you and I, I, what do you think of Kane being the mayor? I know you had a brief opportunity to work with Kane during his. Oh, Kane, Kane has been a dear friend of mine for a long time. Kane and I have had interactions. Uh, I, I, when I say dear friend, it ain't like we talk to each other all the time, but we were always on a good relationship. I was with him from the beginning in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, I picked him up at the airport a few times, worked with him on some Louisville Garden shows some six flag shows and have never had a negative word to say about Kane. I have every confidence. He's a Trump supporter. Um, I don't know how anybody who's not a racist or a womanizer could possibly be that, which I've heard everything I've heard about Kane. He is not that he's racist never, or anything you know, there, like there's that. a lot of, the, there's a lot of the boys that are, there's a lot of the boys that are racist. There's a lot of the boys that are womanizers, probably more of the womanizing part than the racist part. Cause these days you do have to work with a lot of different ethnicities and wrestling. So it's probably not as big a problem now as it was, uh, in Jerry in Jerry Lawler's era. Uh, there were probably more racists that come out of that era than you're seeing coming out of the John Cena era. Um, but the womanizing part, I don't know, has ever gone away. And Jimmy tells you what a womanizer he is every time he refers to female wrestlers as sluts and they don't know what they're doing. They can't work. They don't draw no fucking money. Uh, well, uh, they, ought, they ought to be home fucking somebody, you know, just. Here's the he, thing. I don't know that Jimmy is, actually watches it, AEW. I think he just gets notes from well, somebody. Well, no, no, no I've, I've heard he does now. I heard that him and Brian Lass do reviews on the show so they can tell their fans how bad it sucks. So, well, yeah, I, I hear he does, which is more than I do. I, I've only seen maybe 15 minutes of one show. Uh, I was going to watch Kenny Omega, but he wasn't on that show that night. And I was going to watch Jericho, and he wasn't on the show that night. And Jericho's a diehard Trump supporter, someone I do not recognize as definitely being a racist. And uh, I don't know if he womanizes or not. I don't know enough about his personal life to know if he He's does. He's been with or his don't. wife forever. I highly doubt yeah, it. I, I, yeah, I would find it hard to believe that he does. And I would find it hard to believe his wife would support him in his support of Donald Trump. But then again, some wives are loyal to a T, don't want to fuck up what they've got, uh, which I get. Um, you know, look at The Rock. The Rock was divorced, but I th wasn't his wife an attorney? She was probably making as much money as he was for a while. I believe so. He's with a different woman now. They just had a baby. I don't remember her name. Baby? Yeah. Yeah. We all, everybody in the family got COVID not long ago with right. Rock's family. And, uh, but I worked with Rock a couple of times. He, he was always extremely nice to me. And uh, I've heard The Rock uh, is nothing but just genuine and yeah. down to earth. And I've, uh, like I said, I only had a couple of interactions with him since he made the big time. Of course, I dealt with him a few times when he was 
Flux Cavana and whatever the fuck they used to call him down in Memphis. Uh, fuck, I forgot. Was it Flux Cavana? I think it was. It was something like that. I, I think, yeah, I think it was Flux Cavana in Memphis. And and what was his first name when he went? Rocky Maivia. Rocky Maivia. Yeah. He was Rocky Maivia when he went, uh, thinking he would ride the coattails of Peter Maivia's name, and that didn't work at all. Actually, and, I think uh, Vince more thought that than he did. But yeah, Vince th- Vince thought that uh, because Vince, uh, you know, was the uh, interact you know, had the Peter Maivia, I believe, in WWE, if I remember, or uh, WWF rather. The E has not been there that long. That came there shortly after we got our WWF contract uh, in uh, with the World with the Wildlife WWE. Fund. Yeah, and then the panda bear took our name from us. <laughs> I didn't really think that would happen. I thought Vince had more money than the panda bear and that uh, we would win in court. Jimmy was furious, said he would never, ever call it WWE, but eventually he caved and he did. He also said he would never admit wrestling's fake. And he did. Lawler said he would never admit wrestling's fake, and he did. But uh, both were a couple of the last ones to get on board and do it. Do you think Lawler's... I do think from time to time. Not that often, though. It strains me. I, I It do, It is a straining process. I understand. I don't think very often. I that. prefer not to think. That's why I don't have the stress everyone else has. That works. <laughs> do you think Jerry Lawler will eventually return to the commentary table, or do you think he's done? Well, at age 71... Yeah, he'll return because they bring him in to fill in from time to time. Hell, he was there recently, wasn't he? I don't believe so, <sighs> unless it was on Raw. I don't watch Raw. I can't yeah, I, think, I can't watch well, Raw. Well, I don't watch any of it, but I hear from time to time. They brought him in recently, maybe the pay-per-view, I think. No, you know what? He did a little bit of the Rumble. Yeah, he did do a little heard, bit of the Rumble. I heard him do the commentary on it. He uh, did do a little I bit watched, of the Rumble. I watched the Women's Rumble. I have not seen the Men's yet. That I Women's also, Rumble was really good. Uh, somebody find me the date of when Lashley won the title because being as I managed him I should go watch that did you think Lashley was going to be what he became which is just he's kind of got this following where like people will watch wherever he goes it's smaller than you know it's not a needle mover but did you see Lashley Uh, as this big guy did I ever did I ever think he was going to be on the level of Cena no I but uh, he could uh, Cena couldn't whip him in a million years let's put it that way uh Bobby Lashley once uh I will say emerged victorious in a in-ring shoot with Mark Henry. Uh, I think it ended under controversial terms, but Bobby didn't lose. We'll put it that way. Bobby did not lose. And that, that was a, that was a, a pre-match thing to where they both kind of wanted to test each other. Hey Bryce, can you find the date as to when Bobby won the title? Yeah. Uh, it right, was, I'm on it. Was a couple, couple of weeks ago, I guess, I guess I can just go back and click Rawls till yeah, I hear that Bobby and- actually had a title fight, but. If he, someone if someone knows whether it was uh, it was on a raw, it wasn't last Monday, but I think the Monday before. Yeah, but, and uh, he. But I put out a congratulatory congratulatory. He, he is the sweetest, nicest man that I ever managed, maybe other than Rico, and he might even be nicer than Rico. Which, from everything which I know about Rico, hard, is hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do, and uh, the nicest way he did my show for me before he hit the big time. Uh, I don't think he was with WWE at the time, but he did my show. Do you think like Vince a, runs with him past Mania, or do you think this is short-lived at best? A lot of people are saying it's short-lived. Um, I don't buy into that. I think I think they're I don't with him. Th- I don't think it should be because, number one, this is the time to have a black champion. And if Vince wants to get the, the racism erased out of WWE... That's clearly um, present. And, and, and even though Vince has uh, really ridden the Martin Luther King uh, day, I mean, he uh, always puts it over big on his show, even when Jimmy was there. But there's a lot of people that will tell you 
that Vince McMahon's a racist. Uh, I don't know Vince well enough personally. I only know what other people tell me. But then again, I don't know if Mark Henry would say that. I don't know if Miss Jackie would say that or Booker T or various others. But then again... If anybody was going to say it, it'd be Booker if it was true. If anybody would say it, it would be Booker. But to remind everybody, and this shocked me, uh, someone uh, showed me the clips of, of, of stupid shit that Vince had done. Oh, if somebody, it was John Oliver. And John Oliver did about 20 minutes on the WWE. Uh, I thought that was being, great. I saw that for the first time. It was great. It. I, I put it on Twitter. I said, hey, if you haven't seen this, check it out. But when Vince walked up to Vin, uh, Cena, when Cena was doing the rapping thing, and said, how you doing, my N-word? Yeah. And I know how much that burns Booker. Uh, Booker had had heat with people in the back before for even remotely thinking they were racist. And when Vince says that, Cena looks fucking shocked. And then Vince exits stage left like Snagglepuss. No way that was in the script. No, Cena wouldn't have done it. (laughs) And who's standing? No, I guarantee it was. And he exits stage left standing there is Booker T and Charmel. And this is why I tell you it was in the script, because why else have Booker T and Charmel standing there? Would Cena go for that, or was this not the point where Cena could just say, no, I'm not fucking it ain't. It ain't the point where Cena could say shit about it. If the boss says that's what he's going to do, well, he's going to get the heat, not me. He said it, not me. Did you get I'm along with Cena when you were managing him, or was there tension there? Pretty good. No, no he and I never had any tension. Uh, I it sometimes think he believed my gimmick of uh, using the boys for whatever get out of them. He probably thought I was making money off autograph signings, which I, yeah, I did. I got paid a commission for booking them, but uh, no skimming off the top because I never saw the top. The top went right to Danny Davis. I got paid what they gave me. And uh, my agreement with Danny Davis back then is I got 30% of all personal appearances I set up and 30% off uh, television revenue as far as advertising goes. He wasn't happy about it. I said, well, look at it this way, Danny. I'm one of the top sales reps ever in the state of Kentucky. I have sold everywhere I've ever been. I made Humana a much better company. I said, out of 200 sales reps, I was number one through number three every fucking month for five years. I know what I'm doing. I said, you can either have 70% of something or you can have nothing from nothing, like Billy Preston used to say. And every time he would get a check in there from the sponsors and it would add up to five or six grand and he would have to cut me a fucking check, he said, you know, it kills me to write you this. I said, it'd also kill you not to have that to cut me a check from. I was like, because the day you even cut me 1% below 30%, I'll go somewhere else and sell their advertising. So do you want 70% of that money or do you want none of it? And I said, I will call everybody that I've ever booked on this show and I'll get their deals canceled and I'll have them advertise somewhere else in town on someone else's TV show. So don't ever think you're going to play me. Did you think Cena was going to be a big star? Yeah. Yeah, I knew he was going to be a big star. Why? Because he had the best promos in the fucking company and did not need my help. I was amazed they put him with me. You normally put guys with me, number for two reasons. You want to make them one of the top heels, and not only OVW, but eventually the WWE, and for guys that need promo help, like a Sly Turkey. Sly Turkey was not the best promo in the world. Mark Henry at the time was not the best promo in the world. Man, did that change. Uh, and uh, Nick Eugene Dinsmore, not the best at the time. Rob Conway's were pretty good, but they put him with me anyway. Um, Lashley's weren't. Bull, Bull Buchanan, not, not a bad promo, but mine were different. Mine, mine were, I think what they liked about me is that my promos, whether you agree or disagree, the wrestling fans believed them. Right. Because 
I believe them. Any, just like everything I'm saying to you now, whether I'm telling you the truth or not, I believe it. And if I believe it, you'll believe it uh, in the most part. And we're not and, kayfabe in here, folks. This is a fucking shoot. Yeah, it's, it's like my book, uh, The Mostly True Stories of Kenny Starmaker Bolin. I well, probably screwed you too. <laughs> I probably screwed you too, The Mostly True Stories of Kenny Starmaker Bolin. Well, I need to get a, a copy of that. I keep meaning to. You, well, you can order one from me. Listen, I'll make something off this goddamn show tonight. You're going to make something off this goddamn show. Can you, 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 should, you should order 15 books if you want the truth about it. What if I you order 20 and we call it a day? Well, you could order 20 books and give them to all your friends, but then you'd only order one book. So I need you to, you know. Well, by the way, um, March the... March 1st was the Raw that um, Bobby Lashley won the title. Was, was, well, okay, two weeks ago. Today's March 14th. So, yeah, tomorrow will be two weeks. So, well, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually make a point to watch that tonight because I owe it to Bobby to see it. Uh, I heard all about it, congratulated him on it. Um, um, he does follow me on Twitter. I don't hear from him much anymore. See, all right, I'm going to say something right now. Cena follows me on Twitter. Um, I don't know why I've never once had him write my inbox and number two, anybody that, cause I, cause I know Cena pretty fucking good. I've known Cena from 1999 through 2000. God, I think he was still coming back doing shows with us at six flags up till 2005, maybe 2006, maybe even a little later than that. So I know Cena pretty good. Anybody that thinks that that's John Cena sitting down at a keyboard or on his phone typing all those motivational, inspirational tweets that he puts out almost every fucking day is a fucking moron. Exactly. When I look at those, I said, I know goddamn well Cena did not sit down and type that, either on a phone or at a computer or a laptop. That is not fucking John Cena. Uh, when you get to know people well and you see, everybody sees my tweets, yep, yeah, that's Bowen. Yeah, he just said that. Oh, he said Trump sucks porcupine cock. Oh, you know, Cornette sucks porcupine cock. Well, maybe they both do. but Maybe um, they share one. Well, it could be. Now, someone someone told me today, I think it was my son, that Jimmy apparently on one of his tweets said that the girl, Mio, what, what's her name? The uh, girl Penelope that, Ford. Penelope, yeah. He called her Penelope Pitstop. Well, that's a 1960s cartoon uh, that featured Dick Dastardly and the Wacky Racers and Muttley. Uh, so that came from the sixties and, and then he, he called said, her an S L U T which he called her. He did do that. Which, and, uh, which he did say, I had people writing me telling me he did not say that. He said, no, her character's that. I said, well, either way he was getting his point across, but he used this line that he, I forgot who he stole it from, but he used it on one of my ex-girlfriends in the seventies. I broke up with her when I found out that she had once dated Eddie Gilbert. I didn't want anything to do with anybody who had been with Eddie Gilbert. That's a whole nother show. And, uh, but Jimmy didn't like Eddie Gilbert back then. I didn't care too much for him. We both had different reasons for not caring for Eddie at that time, but I did do his memorial show. So apparently I, for, I forgive and forget, but Jimmy, uh, was talking about a girl who had had sex with him. He said that girl, has had more dicks in her than needles on a porcupine and or something similar to that nature. And apparently he made that tweet today. She's a, If she had as many dicks running out of her as she had inside of her, she would look like a porcupine. And he used that line back in the 70s to describe. And that's, and when we, that's what we were talking about is that Jimmy has an amazing memory. He can memorize these joke books like Jerry Lawler does. Jerry is the king of memorizing joke books. I wish I could. I wish I had access to all those. 
I have to work on the fly because it's all I got. My memory, long-term memory is pretty good. And it's like Chris said, he's probably on the spectrum and I'm on the spectrum too. So I, I firmly believe what Chris said there. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, he, um, uh, I had Bill after, and if you heard the show, you can easily Google it. Just, uh, God, I don't know what you look for. I did, I, I did a few shows with Bill after, but, um, Bill after was, uh, talking about all the great managing that Jimmy has done and the great booker and uh, an amazing mind. I said, why does everybody say Jimmy has a great mind for the business? I said, he has a great memory for the business. I said, I'm going to challenge you to something, Bill, after you've been around longer than Jimmy Cornette. I said, do me a favor, name me and let your fans help out because they were live shows that people could tweet in and ask their questions. I said, do me a favor, name me the angle that you think Jimmy Cornette came up with. And then I will tell you who did it and who did it better and, or who did it first and who did it better. And he said the scaffold match, I think, or somebody said the scaffold match. This this goes for quite some time. And I'm glad you mentioned that because Jerry Jarrett found out about this. And we talked about it on my show. Finally, one fan thinks they've stumped me. They've named all these angles. I told them who came up with them, who did it first. I said, Jimmy's done the fucking, two wrestlers sitting in the front row with popcorn at least fucking seven times in OVW and Smoky Mountain combined. And God knows how many times before then with various other companies. And then Bischoff and, uh, took that with Raven. Well, see, I didn't even know that. So that, that sounds about right. So ideas are just recycled and handed off. No one's coming up with too much original shit anymore. I have to come up with original shit because I can't remember any shit other than old shit Jerry Lawler did. So if Lawler did it, I might be able to recite it or recycle it but if it's anybody else i don't know i fucking can't remember um but but some fan writes in i've got it jimmy Cornette came up with the scaffold match with the road warriors in 19 it had been 86 in november because my son was born in 87 in march and that was the first night that chris ever kicked inside of his mom was that that match he's oh my god christopher uh, we hadn't named you we didn't even know if he's a boy or girl it's just oh my god the baby's gonna be a wrestling fan i said why is that uh, he or she just kicked for the first time. I bet it's a boy. I bet it's a boy. He's excited. And uh, he, he wants to he wants to be out of here watching these wrestling matches. I said, well, that's pretty cool. I said, yeah. And it was dear, It was the night we were in the Omni in Atlanta to watch Jimmy do the scaffold match because we knew it was going to be a big deal. And Not uh, a great match. Didn't age well. No. No, I haven't even seen it since the night I saw it live. I, I Probably, if it's on YouTube, I should probably go back and watch it again. I watched it. And I would recently. probably be, I watched it after... those are hard matches to have. Jerry Jarrett will be the first to tell you that the one that him and, and, and uh, Al Don Green had was not that good. He says, but, but I told him, I said, well, here's who did it first. No, Jimmy didn't fucking come up with that. He stole that from Jerry Jarrett from the early seventies. Jerry, Jerry did it. Jerry Jarrett did it with uh, uh, Don Green, not Al Green. Cause Al Green would have never got up that fucking ladder. And I said, it was a horrible match. There's not much you can do once you get up there. I said, but why Jerry Jarrett did it better. None of those two blew their fucking knees out trying to take a bump they couldn't fucking take. And Jimmy wanted to blame Big Bubba for it for not catching him. Well, if Jimmy hadn't fallen from the goddamn thing, Bubba wouldn't have had the heat on him to fucking catch him. Jarrett and and, uh, Green got out of it without blowing anybody's knees out. So, uh and then uh, Vince Russo on a, on a show says, well, Jimmy, you blew your knees out doing a bit you knew you couldn't fucking do because you're just a big fucking mark. And that made Jimmy fucking furious. He now, did not. I'm not a fan of Vince Russo's booking, but from everything I know about him as a person, he seems like a genuinely good guy. 
he every time I've ever been in the hospital, he was always the first one to call me since I've known him. Uh, always the first to check in. Uh, he might be doing my birthday show. I got to check in with him on the 15th. Uh, which I'd is love tomorrow. to do a show with him, uh, honestly, because yeah. I, everything I know about him, mm-hmm. as much as I don't like the way he booked wrestling, but here's the thing. And this well, is, but every booker that's ever lived can be criticized from Jerry Jarrett to the uh, uh, Fritz von Erich to Bill Watts, Jimmy Cornette. Uh, Jimmy Cornette to uh, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, let's uh, not forget there was a lot of shit on those Smoky Mountain shows. There was a lot of shit, but Jimmy stole them all. So he can easily blame somebody else if he wants to. Uh, I don't recall. I think the only thing he did on there that was that he might get credit for originality for was the gangsters. But who else wants to fucking have uh, create two uh, very racist black guys in a predominantly all white area of territory to where you probably didn't have five black fans per show? Right, uh, but I might I might give him credit for that one. But he'll that still put New Jack over. <laughs> well, he does now because New Jack walked in and hugged him on a meeting. Uh, I saw Jimmy that. was doing some interview somewhere, and New Jack walked in and hugged him. I was shocked to fucking see it because ain't nobody fucking bad mouth New Jack more than Jimmy Cornette, who I've heard uh, New Jack is just a really nice guy. But well, I've also heard some shit about New Jack. He but- he he was nice to me. I don't like the bad things I've heard about New Jack, and I've uh, talked with some of the women that he dated. Um, there's some things about New Jack that I don't like, but he was always nice to me. So that's really all I can go Did with. You... But then again, if Donald Trump were nice to me, and I met him three times, and, and uh, he wasn't bad to me, but I already knew his history. I knew what he was about, and I've always gone by, you are who you stand by. And I've even gotten some criticism. Well, you knew what Cornette was about, and you stood by him. I said, you you got me there. You're right. There was some shit I knew. I just elected not to do those things with Jimmy and be any part of that. And uh, he was my best friend since 1975. And that's it's it's like the racist uncle. You talk we don't about, shoot, you we talk don't about... shoot beat up our racist uncles, uh, but eventually we get to the point where you just can't invite them to the house anymore. Exactly. But you talked about breaking into the business with... Uh or working with Nick Goulas. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit, because I've heard a lot of things about Nick Goulas. I've heard he's the nicest guy. I've heard he's the meanest son of a bitch. I've heard <laughs> everything in between. He can be a nice guy. He was labeled as a racist. His son was labeled as a racist, even though they hired black wrestlers, but mainly to make profit. I do remember Sputnik Monroe uh, catering to the black audience. And they will tell you that in Memphis, the three things you would find in a Memphis home. What was it? Um, a Bible, a picture of Jesus, and a picture of Sputnik Monroe. Those were the three finds you would find in every black person's home in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, Sputnik was loved by the black community. And many times that he would go to the shows, black fans either were not allowed in or had to sit in the rafters or something. Wasn't he supposed to be a heel, like technically? Uh, yeah, for a lot of that career, but Sputnik would make sure that the, um, that the black fans could set anywhere they wanted. And he bought tickets for a lot of the black fans. And, um, did you ever get the chance to meet Sputnik? I did not. I saw him on TV a few times. I never did get a chance to meet him. I've heard good things. I, but yeah, Sputnik, uh, was worshiped by the black community, uh, especially in Memphis, probably other areas as well. But he would buy tickets for them to make sure they could see their match. And um, they would get to the end of the night, and he was going to get a payout. And he says, now, do make sure to pay me. He said, because the the black folks' money is just as good as the white folks' money. 
and they get to sit wherever the white folks sit whenever I work a show. If I'm on the show, they are not to be mistreated. And, and shit similar to that. I might be misquoting that a little bit, but bottom line, he was worshipped by the black community. Uh, Nick had a, tendis, uh, had a tendency to be labeled as a racist from time to time. I remember he had a wrestler on once named Heine Bo Wynn, uh, who was a new black wrestler he'd brought into the territory. And he gets to the end of the interview and he says, well, Heine Bo Wynn, I just want to let you know you're a real thing to your race. And we certainly appreciate you being here uh, with Championship Wrestling. <laughs> what did he just say? And we knew in 1972 it wasn't too cool to say that. <laughs> and uh, you can imagine how that would go over today. Have a be interviewing a black basketball player and then tell him, well, you're a real thing to your race. And we certainly appreciate that you're here. I don't think that announcer would be on television much longer. I don't think so either. Um, you, ac According to the research I did, and I didn't do very much because I wanted to go into this. You know, I knew quite a bit from your. OVW. I don't do any research either, so you won't offend me by that. Um, what I did find is you spent a little bit of time bef in between Smoky Mountain and OVW at IWA Mid-South. A little bit. About six months. Uh, I'm guessing it didn't go well. Oh, it went great. <laughs> I just didn't like being there. I went there as a personal favor for Dennis Corluza. I never cared for Ian Rotten. Didn't care for him before. Didn't care for him during. Didn't care for him after even, even more. And uh, But my son brought up a good point. He said that uh, all the people that Jimmy Cornette has threatened to fight and beat up, and he's going to do this and he's going to do that, he says, can you imagine? He says, now, Dad, how many times have you told Jimmy over the last four years that, Jimmy, if you want to fight, you know my address, you know exactly where I live. I'm on Cherokee Road, Cherokee Triangle, drag your ass over here. I'll Hell, Bryce even called him out on a podcast recently. Who, who did? Bryce, the co-host. I did. Oh, you did? <laughs> okay. Well, He's he ain't gonna open, open challenge. If you're a man and you walk upright, he's not going to fight you. Um, well, so, he wanted to do a wrestling match with him. He said, fuck it, we'll kayfabe <laughs> the shit and everything. Oh, you was going to wrestle Jimmy. Oh, yeah. But, well, well, if Jimmy books it, you're not going to win. Jimmy's always going to go over. No, so I suggested on that show, I said, let's let Bolin book it. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Jimmy knows he ain't going to win any matches that I book him in. But then again, I did win a lot of matches that Jimmy booked me in. I guess I need to return the favor eventually, right? Uh, but no, we have pointed out since we've known how bad he hates my son and, um, and, and I'm an idiot for listening to my son because uh, my son's responsible for me and Russo being friends and Chris ratted him out on a few things that, uh, he didn't want the fans to know. And then we confirmed some other things he didn't want to know. And, uh, I said, well, let me assure you one thing. I said, you know how Jimmy's always talking about, Hey, he's going to whip somebody's ass and he's going to fight this guy and fight that guy. Well, they normally live a long way away, or they're not in a million years going to spend the time, effort, and trouble to accept Jimmy on his challenge. I said, here's why he won't challenge me or Chris. We know where he lives. We know his address. We know his gate doesn't work. And he knows that either one of us would beat his fucking ass. I said, well, he Does and I he embellish his numbers for his podcast? What numbers are that? He says the hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this show. Well, then he's embellishing because he's not getting hundreds of thousands. Um, he, I, from what I've heard, he averages, God, between 30 to 40,000 views, but I've seen a lot of the podcast do a lot less, but he supposedly has a hundred thousand subscribers. So if I wonder what his audio numbers are. I wish, I wish last place had make I, that. I, I, is he on audio? Cause yes, is, he is. Is he he's on, on all the audio. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know that he was. Yeah. 
because uh, I never hear anything about him. I so, started listening to him again when you called him out because well, I was like, well, well, shit, even even my show, when I factor in the audio numbers, were, were over 100,000. I wouldn't say hundreds of that. I don't know if we've ever cracked 200, but then again, I don't monitor the audio numbers that much because I don't get paid anything on them. Now, if I'm missing out on the boat on something, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, with the audio numbers, we really get jacked up because that's what most people listen to us on, uh, which burns me because it makes my video numbers look bad. <laughs> I, I liked it when we were averaging five to 35,000 viewers on YouTube. Right. But um, I would find it hard to believe there's hundreds of thousands listening uh, and or watching. Um, and how many of them are listening? For and, and you know what blows me away is uh, they prefer to listen to me on audio. Uh, if you listen to the numbers, they like to throw them in the car and watch him but i don't understand why his video numbers are high because he's never done video in his life on his own show i mean he might be on video if he shows up for a shoot interview somewhere uh but he doesn't do video podcasts which uh, kayfabe commentary said they're not going to be having him back anymore so why is kayfabe commentary not going to have him back due to be all this other shit because the racism thing and the yeah. everything well, you yeah. said had something to do with that i know for a fact <laughs> Oh, did it? I didn't know that. But he was getting a shit ton of money from that anyway. I don't think he ever wanted to do yeah. kayfabe. Yeah, well, he yeah he was getting a shitload of money. Because who was the guy that uh, fucking I, I hosted not, kayfabe? I did, not, I did not. I did not know that me and Chris had anything to do with their decision on that, and I haven't even heard that. Uh, who who is the host of kayfabe commentaries? I, I have seen him. I can't even remember the guy's fucking name, but he, Cornette buried him after he did the oh. last one. So, well, Jimmy buries anybody that doesn't agree with him. I was the only one ever able to criticize Jimmy and get by with it. Jimmy even told me that. He says, you're the only one that I let say that shit to me. I said, well, number one, you ain't going to whip me. And that was even when I was 589 pounds. And he sure as fuck ain't going to whip me at 312. My knees are bad. I'm not going to run him down. But fuck, Jimmy's knees are bad. So he ain't going to run away. So but if he, he ever challenges me to a fight, we're kind of stuck fighting each other because neither one of us are going to run from the other one. He buried um, Paul Heyman for apologizing to, was it Dennis Corluzo at an ECW show? Mm -hmm. And then he did the same thing to fucking Eric Bischoff. <laughs> he, he all but blew Eric on national television, begging Bischoff for a compliment that Bischoff wouldn't get him. And I was still Jimmy's friend then. And I told him, I said, Jimmy, what the fuck were you doing? I said, you all but sucked his cock begging for a goddamn uh, compliment. from. He wouldn't even give you a compliment. He wouldn't do it. And everyone saw that. Everyone knows that you were milking him trying to get a fucking compliment that he wouldn't give you. He come out of that victorious, and Jimmy didn't see it that way. Oh, no, no, the fans are just, no, Jimmy. Everybody fucking saw it. So I was a spirit. But like I said, I'm the only one who had liberty to call him out on shit like that or stuff that he had done that you all don't know about that I would have to get in his shit about. Well, uh, here's the thing too. Cornette lied about shit. Bischoff did. So Bischoff wasn't going to fucking put him over. Well fuck, no. well, fuck no. And, uh, we was having dinner with Jimmy, me and, uh, Chris and Jimmy about four years ago or so, give or take at a hamburger restaurant. And Jimmy went on this rant about Muslims and Indians and why he didn't like them. And then one of the things he said about them is that he said they smelled bad. And Chris and Maya jumped in. Well, Chris did. Maya wasn't there that day. Uh, Chris and Maya were dating, but uh, uh, she, she was not with us on that day. So you know what? I guess that's been over seven years ago that Jimmy said that. But he he, he said he didn't For like the smell. For those not in the know, Maya is Chris's wife. 
What's that? Yeah, Pete, yeah, Christopher's wife, uh, who's now in Brazil visiting a sick uncle, and then she's off to Oxford not much longer. She's going to go to Germany for a bit, visit her family there, and then she's off to Oxford uh, to for continuing education. Uh, she's pretty I well accomplished. Is she, well, educational-wise, she is, yeah. Yeah, she's done very good. She graduated with a—well, she hasn't graduated yet, but she's about to graduate with near a 4.0 average uh, from Bellarmine University. And uh, that's why Oxford uh, contacted her, uh, and they accepted her within two weeks. Uh, they, they had her fill out the paperwork and everything. And normally they say it'll be six to eight weeks from you, you'll hear from us. And under two weeks, they contacted her and said, yeah, you got a deal. You know, come on, you're coming to Oxford. And uh, so that's – I don't know anybody that's ever been approved to go to Oxford, so that, that's pretty impressive. And, uh, of course, Jimmy <laughs> – of course, Jimmy in that email that he sent, uh, who he thought was an enemy of mine, and I don't speak to him, but uh, Chris says that we can't consider him an enemy because they provided us with some information that we needed to know. Uh, Guessing in, we're in keeping that, his name private. In in the in that email, yeah, we're keeping that name private. But in that email, he uh, stated that uh, that Maya had escaped the Bolins. That basically we were keeping her here as a hostage. And yeah, if, uh, if if being able to go to Oxford and to visit her family that she hadn't seen in seven years is escaping, then yeah, I guess you can call it that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, Jim, Jimmy. Uh, and, and one of one of my stalkers has a hard on for Maya. He 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 wants her real bad, and I guess he thought that his uh, glorious career that he has down in Australia was going to get him a date with Maya, but. Uh, don't guess that worked out. And and then we've we've had uh, one of my former podcast hosts who apparently was hitting on Maya, too. And when she told Chris, that didn't go over too fucking good. So, yeah, there's been a history there. But Maya's an attractive girl and uh, very educated, very smart. And uh, there's guys out there on the Internet that like her. I mean, that's just kind of part of it. You know, it's part of the shit you got to deal with. But when it turns into stalking and, and then lying about her, you know, to try and uh, because she won't give you the fucking time of day, that's a whole nother story. Right. Yeah. Back to, and I don't want to talk too much more about Jimmy Cornette, but we're going to be talking about OVW a lot, obviously, because yeah. you were there for well, so long. He, he was there for a lot of the times I was there. What, okay. Let's he talk about the transition then from Cornette to Heyman. What was that like? <laughs> well, they were both there at the same time for a while, but we knew that wasn't going to last long. And I can't. This is when they wanted all. to kill each other, pretty much. Uh, sort of. They were posing for pictures with each other when they first got there and claimed everything was, uh, was under the bridge. And then, um, apparently, you know, one didn't like, it was mainly Jimmy's fault. Let's face it. Heyman could have dealt with Jimmy and, and worked with him, but, uh, of course it's Jimmy's way or the highway. And we knew that's how it was going to go. They sent Heyman there for Jimmy to quit. And uh, then uh, Heyman only lasted a few weeks. Uh, we knew that was going to be the case because Heyman thought Louisville was Philadelphia. And he was trying to book shit that would work in Philadelphia. There's not a chance in hell it was going to work here. And then he took my idea of, of putting two or three people on each side of the arena to educate the crowd where to pop, where not to. Did you get to. along with Heyman or was there issues there? Well, we did, but he didn't understand what my purpose was there. He, and he thought I was Foghorn Leghorn every time he would go over our promos. And then Bowen said, I say a boy, you know, so everything was Foghorn Leghorn with him, which I love Foghorn Leghorn. I didn't think I sounded that much like Foghorn Leghorn in a promo unless I wanted to. And um, so we got along. He was very complimentary of me. We had dinner together a few times and uh, we got along, but his shit wasn't going to work here. And I knew that. 
and I was getting drugged down with it because he was having Ken Doan do my promos, trying to have Bobby Lashley do my promos. And that's Lashley at I the time was not a good promo, by the way. And he he still, was not. He was not. And he's His still not great. When, no, I disagree. His light years have come a long way. But then again, I know the worst of what Bobby's done, and I now see the best of what he's done. And he they might not be title great run. WWE because he does not have the freedom to do everything there that he had in TNA. Well, he TNA. did great shit in TNA, though. Okay, well, that's what I'm basing it on because I haven't seen a lot of what he's done in WWE, but I did see a couple of things he did in TNA, and I wrote him. I said, man, I can't even take credit for it. Your light, your your promos are light years ahead of where they were when you were with Well, me. he had MVP with him, who's considered one of the best promos in the business, period. MVP's very good. I worked with MVP a few times. I didn't teach MVP anything about his promos. His style was altogether different than mine, uh, but I did work some shows with him at Six Flags, and a very nice guy. And that's another thing Jimmy got heat with was bad mouthing fucking Muslims because MVP was Muslim and that's why he lost that co that co host. Uh, not that Allison was any fucking sane or anything, or Alice Ratley, whatever the fuck we used to call she her. She wasn't great. She was another one uh, that uh, was married and uh, apparently had a porcupine issue. <laughs> but uh, she really liked MVP, and when Jimmy badmouthed Muslims, she got furious and quit. Uh, which, if you, you know, if you have a spine and you uh, have. Um, uh, some dignity about yourself and your co-host is bad mouthing Muslims, you probably shouldn't no longer be a part of that like, show. Kenny, if me and you were doing a show and you said something crazy, wacky, out of line, I'd probably... Oh, uh, well, this is recorded, but you'd be wise to edit it out if I did something like that. Right, and, you know, we'd probably have a conversation and I'd say, hey, you can't yeah. say that. And I'd say, where do you live, motherfucker? I'm going to come over there and beat your ass because that's what Jimmy would do. <laughs> and then he, then you wouldn't show up. Uh, Jimmy threatened to fight Rick Bassman. Man, you want to talk about one that was not going to go good. Rick Bassman has actually been in some cage matches. Rick, Bas Rick Bassman can actually fucking That's fight. That's one big motherfucker. And, Rick, and well, he's not big. No, he's much smaller than Jimmy. Am I thinking of uh, a different Rick Bassman? You're thinking of a different Rick Bassman. Rick Bassman's the guy that ran that promotion out in California that helped train the prototype when Cena was prototype. And, and I think... Uh, Sylvester Turkey worked with him too. Sylvester Turkey was very loyal to him. Google Rick Bassman and you'll see that you're thinking of the wrong guy. I am he, thinking of the wrong guy. Yeah, he's jacked. He's jacked, but he ain't big. As a matter of fact, he put out the tail of the tape of how much shorter he was than Jimmy and his reach is shorter than Jimmy and his weight is dramatically less than Jimmy's. And um, he says, yeah, Jimmy, yep, you've obviously got me. So I'm going to go ahead and come to Louisville, Kentucky. We're going to have a cage match, and obviously you're going to beat my ass. I ain't got a prayer. Well, Bassman would have fucking killed him, and he knew it. And I had Bassman on my show, and we talked about it, and uh, I trust, you know, Jimmy Jimmy can't whip me. He definitely fucking can't whip my son, but there's a few that can't do that. Um, Bassman would have beaten him worse than I would have. And Bassman might have killed him. And if I got Jimmy down, he would be in bad shape, and trust me, I would get him down. Because that would be my only option. And if I got him down, he would be in deep, deep shit if I decided not to have mercy on him. Even at age 61, which I'll be in two days. Bassman would have fucked him up worse than I would have. It would have been bad. So, um, But he didn't, think, he didn't think Bassman would come from Hawaii. And that's another thing Jimmy's jealous of. Fucking Bassman uh, had a successful career. Lives in Hawaii. Still has shit going on. He hasn't been banned from fucking 50 wrestling companies. And uh, has a beautiful fucking home in Hawaii in the middle of nowhere, which is what Jimmy would kill to have. And Bassman has it. Jimmy got furious because Vince Russo sold his home for about 300 grand a few years ago. And he couldn't believe that Russo had more money than him and all this shit. 
And uh, just total jealousy of Russo's fucking success. And who gives a fuck if he books some bad wrestling? Jimmy books some bad wrestling. They've both they booked some you. shit. Well, there ain't there ain't a promoter yet that hasn't. And uh, I can't name you one promoter that ain't booked Hell, some shit. Hell, me and Bryce... Some and of Bryce, the shit sticks, some of it don't. Me and Bryce have praised o- AEW, rather. I praise OVW as well, but o- AEW for some of the yeah. shit they've done. But I've also shit right. on some of the shit they've done. On it- average, it seems like it's been better, but there's... Believe me, there's still plenty of stuff that's not so hot. Now, Bryce, are you uh, held a, a captive over there? Do you, or have you been uh, uh, duct taped to a chair with a with a gag in your mouth? You haven't got to say a whole lot. Oh, that, something like that, you know? Yeah, I just was wondering. I had well, a feeling. Well, here was the thing, and I told Bryce this. I'm like, you know, just come in whenever you want, and... <laughs> But I don't I don't know. Come in whenever you want or come in come in whenever you want or come in whenever you can or two different things. And if anyone's a guest on my show, if I tell them to come in when you can, they're not gonna get to say a whole lot. Ben knows a lot more about some of these topics than I Yeah, do. and that's what I do. There, there's a, when I have Chris and Vampiro on, I normally defer to Chris to do, to rule the show. I had Maya on to just roast Disco Inferno about uh what we viewed as racist womanizing shit and eating him alive over his Trump supporting and Maya ate him a fucking lot. Isn't he friends with Conan? Oh yeah. He does a show with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like how can you be, I don't don't know. I've even talked to Conan. Conan even called him a closet proud boy. I said, closet hell. He ain't in the closet as a fuck. We we know that if shit breaks down, disco is going to be out there with the fucking proud boys. Conan and Russo are still close. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they they they're good with each other. Mm-hmm. So, are you good with Conan or? Yeah, oh, I have Conan on my show all the time. He's been on my show, God, two or three times. I've been on his several times, and uh, going back to do his show again soon. Uh, uh, hopefully, he's over the COVID shit. That COVID shit really fucked with him. I knew. That. Uh, but I once he's healthy enough, uh, once he's healthy enough to have me on, me and Chris are going to do a show with him talking about hip-hop music and uh my days uh, of uh worshiping casey and the sunshine band earth wind and fire heat wave donna summer uh the brothers johnson all those guys that were big stars back in the 70s uh average white band you know uh, people like that so black uh wild cherry were you ever fully in charge of the booking in ovw because it's been reported it was reported that you were no after him and left <laughs> no no as a matter of fact it was reported the day after Heyman left that i was the one that got him fired that i uh, no i said the only thing i did is that after realizing that Heyman didn't know what we were doing in louisville didn't understand my value to the company because he he kept wanting me to manage all these guys but he was given uh doan and lashley talking parts when it should have been me doing it uh my job is to get them over and to get them heat and he took that away from me. And I went to Danny Davis and I said, Danny, I've been here a long fucking time and I've never had a vacation. I said, the way Heyman's booking this shit, I said, and I, I liked Heyman. I got along with him good. I'd, I'd go to dinner with him tonight. Um, but this shit is not going good for me. I don't know why the fuck I'm here. Um, so I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. And if you want me to, the day Heyman leaves, I'll be back the next day. He said, well, Kenny, I, I don't know when that's going to be. I said, it ain't going to be long. I said, trust me, the way this shit's going, it ain't going to be long. And uh, I said, but the day he leaves, you call. I said, I won't be watching the show. So you call me and let me know when you want me to come back. But if Heyman's here, I'm not coming. And uh, But when he leaves, I'll be back. I said, not that I hate him. I just, I can't work like this. 
So I went home and I was home six or eight weeks, something like that. And then I get an email, Kenny, you ready to come back to work? I said, well, I guess I know what that means. I said, I'll see you Wednesday. Um, and uh, I saw him that... Wednesday. And when, and when I went in to work that night, I go over and greet the crowd normally 10 minutes before the show starts because I'm the neutral announcer. Even though I'm a heel announcer, you know, Danny viewed me as neutral so I could sell merchandise and have another way to make money. So I go over and greet the crowd and they're coming over left and right, shaking my hand. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. God, this show's fucking sucked without you. Thank you for getting rid of Heyman. But I kind of put the word out. I'll be back as soon as I get rid of Heyman. Well, they took it as a shoot and <laughs> they thought I got rid of Heyman. I didn't have anything to do with it. And I never booked shit except for creative control over what Bowen services did. So that was a large part of the show. Shit. Christopher booked his own shit and Christopher is a 10 times better booker than I am. Right. Jimmy Cornette will never want to admit that. I don't even know if Al Snow would want to admit that. But Chris booked some good shit. And, and you really like Al Snow, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I do. I love Al Snow. I'm hoping he comes on the show with me and uh, and uh, Matt uh, Matt Jones uh, Tuesday Talk night, about right? a wrestling genius. Al Snow is up there with... Yeah, yeah, he's pretty smart. He's pretty smart. Uh, but I thought at time. Well, see, it, it wasn't that we were any smarter than Al Snow or Jimmy Cornette or anybody else. We knew what worked for us. We knew how to get our team over. R uh, Jimmy didn't want to make Rico a heel. We had to beg Jimmy for six weeks to let Rico be heel when he came back. It'll never work. He's top baby face. The fans will never fucking buy it. No, no, you ain't getting Rico. And Rico wanted to do it because uh, Rico and I talked about it quite a bit. And then finally, oh, God, I guess about two weeks away from Rico getting ready to come back. All right, you're going to get him. And he says, you got fucking six weeks to get it over. And if it don't work, Rico comes back. Baby wasn't it over in like two uh, it was in two weeks, Jimmy called me and said, all right, yep, you're right. You got him. He's a heel. And uh, because it worked on, on the first show and in the second show, Jimmy had to admit there's no need to stretch this out six weeks. You know, he, he's your guy. And he was, and he stayed heel till the day that I had to turn on him to uh, free him up to go to the WWE. And I wrestled Rico in a loser leave town match and, uh, you know, Rico lost. So he gets to go to the WWE. And but they also, fucked him out also, of the wrestling business. Uh, four or five years later, they did, and uh, but I also beat John Cena, so he could go to the WWE. I beat Mark Henry. I beat Big Show. I beat Rob Conway, the NWA champion. I've beaten Jerry the King Lawler. And anytime I brag about that, I make sure to point out my matches were just as real as any of yours. My win loss record is better than yours, and I've beaten more champions than you have. In, in most cases, there might be somebody that has, but not too many. Um, uh, I've, I've beaten everybody with a major title except for the WCW title. I cannot find anybody that I beat that also held the WCW title. Well, a name unless, is... unless Cena ever held it uh, when they merged with WWE. They, he did. He did hold that world heavyweight title. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I beat the WCW world champ too. I, I didn't realize he ever had that one. I, I was still calling it the WCW title pretty much up until they got rid of well, it. Well, yeah, if he if he held the turtle shell belt, then, yeah, I've also beaten the WCW champion, the WWE, ECW, AWA, any fucking belt Memphis ever had because I beat Lawler and he held them all. And uh, Texas titles, all that, you know, I have beaten. Uh, but I didn't know that. I'll have to let Chris know. I did not realize Cena had that belt. A uh, name that's been in the news recently. As a, matter of, as a matter of fact, I put out a challenge to both Vince Russo and uh, David Arquette because I knew that I could beat either one of those guys, and I wanted a match with them so I could claim that I'd beaten a former holder of that belt, and I didn't know Cena had had it. So, he had so it now, now, David, now David Arquette 
and Vince Russo are safe because I know no longer Cena need was actually the last one to have it before they merged him. Was, was he really? Yeah, he he was the one that lost to Randy in the ladder match that merged you it. Know, you know, you know your shit better than I do because I didn't I didn't know that. Well, okay. Well, there so, we go. I'll, I'll let Chris know, and shit's my life's going to get a lot better now. I've now beaten everybody. Well, here's the thing. I got into wrestling around 2011, 2010. Well, right? I got in around 1964 when I started watching it. So. Yeah, and <laughs> but. I but, yet st- I sound, but yet I sound younger than you. <laughs> that's the story I'm telling. Exactly. Uh, but a name that's been in the news recently. Uh, other, other than Cornette fucking with women again? Other than Cornette fucking with women again. Right, what do you got? Uh, Teddy Hart. What about him? What's going on with Teddy? Uh, he's back in prison. No. God damn it. Yeah, he got arrested, and I, I believe I, it was Texas. I worked with Teddy a little bit in OVW, and he actually come to me. Uh, at a show in uh, E-Town, Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And he came to me and he says, Kenny, he says, I really got to get my shit together. He says, "Uh, do you mind if I come to you for advice from time to time to maybe keep some of the heat off from me? And I really want to do better. And I said, I I see that you do. I said, "Uh, it took a big man to come to me and talk to me about that. He says, man, if I can ever get in bowling services, I said, well, let's work on that shit. I said, let's work on getting the heat off from you. And and he really seemed like he was trying to do better. And then I think something happened and he got released from his contract. And no, I did not know he was in prison. What what happened in Texas to make him go to prison? I, I believe it was a violation of parole because he, <laughs> he'd gone to jail last year in March. Because right, well, I, let, let, Why was he in jail in the first place? And then I'll cast an opinion about that. Um, he, he choked a woman out that was his girlfriend not, at the time. That's, that's, that's not good. No, I can't forgive that. Um, so if and there was a gun it, charge as well, well, I believe. Well, there's two things that, uh, no, nah, I can't condone any of that. And, uh, as you're going to say, if it's a fucking marijuana charge or a drug charge of some type, we got to start. We That's why he was locking. in previously, but not. Yeah. Yeah. We got to stop locking people up for fucking ever that, uh, I don't give a fuck if they had a, a, a goddamn ocean liner pull up to their back door full of marijuana. We got to stop locking people up for life on and, and for 15 and 20 years and eight years and six years. That three strike marijuana. thing for marijuana is fucking ridiculous. I absolutely it's agree. It's fucking ridiculous. No, nah, you can go out and fucking drunk drive and kill all the goddamn people you want. and You'll be out of fucking prison the next year. You'll be out on probation. That's, uh, I believe, what Teddy was out on was probation. And then he yeah, got locked back yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but all these drug charges, uh, I, I'm as anti-drug as you get. But uh, prison is not the place for them. It just makes them a worse person. And, uh, and as long as prisons are for profit, they're going to put you in prison for whatever fucking shit they can come up with. Well, Teddy we, was we put more people in prison in the United States than any other country there is. And we put more women in prison than any other country there is. And the state of Kentucky imprisons more women than any state in the United States. Why? Because it's profitable. And well, as long as it's profitable, it's fucked up. It's got to go away. I think Biden is on his way to doing some shit about that. He's already written an executive order about no more contracts with some of these uh, prisons that are for profit. And uh, that shit's got to be done away with. And and I've never touched an illegal drug in my life, but I still, prison's not the place for them. Rehab is the place. Well, Teddy Hart um, was, you know, a lot of people at the time that I believe you worked with him was viewed as like the next big thing in wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. My son uh, loved him. Uh, and then he uh, went to prison uh, the first time. Uh, 
Chris saw the talent in him. I, I didn't even know he'd been in prison, so that's how little I knew. Um, about it. And then he got out, and he was having a resurgence. He was in MLW. But but, but if he choked a woman out and had gun charges, uh, I'm I'm pretty anti-gun. Even though Jimmy loves to brag about his, and he claims he's a Democrat. Most Democrats don't brag about having a gun. That's why I said Jimmy's a frustrated Republican who's more like Donald Trump than we realize. Uh, Donald Trump ain't got no gun. He, his, his kids like to go fucking elephant hunting and kill fucking beautiful animals because they fucking can't whip nobody. So they go, yeah, anybody that could go kill, I know we're really drifting here, but anybody that can go kill a lion, a tiger, an elephant, a rhino, uh, an ape, a monkey of anything, I mean, God damn, what the fuck's wrong with exactly. you? Exactly. And I'm fine with us drifting. This has been a great show. I'm enjoying well, it. Well, I know it is because I've been on it. <laughs> well you are definitely boosting the quality dramatically. You can ask Bryce. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to get over your viewer average. I, I want to be, uh, I, there's so many podcasts I've done that I'm the number one uh, person they had. And that's even going up against other bigger stars than I ever hoped to be. And uh, I'm four of Jimmy's top five shows. The only person that beat me was stone cold, Steve Austin. And, for obvious and I'm, reasons. I'm pretty pleased. Well, Jimmy and I were magic together. I mean, let's face it. I mean, I'm disappointed in what Jimmy has become. Some of the stuff he was, the groundwork was there. I was just too close of a friend to see it. Um, and I've evolved. I mean, goddamn, one thing you guys might not know, my father was the leader of the KKK in Virginia. I did not know and, that. Yeah, well, some of the fans do. The ones that listen to my show know because I've told the story two or three times. But my father in Virginia was the head of the fucking Ku Klux Klan. And when they did away with the KKK, they formed the Freemasons. And he took me to that when I was 19 for a father-son picnic. I was just there for a short visit with him because I hadn't seen my dad since I was two years old. Went to see him again when I was uh, 18, 19 years old, about ready to graduate high school. And because uh, I didn't start school until I was seven, so I didn't graduate till I was 19 because I didn't have a legal birth certificate in time. And uh, so we go to the Freemasons. My dad's bragging about being the leader of the KKK and he hates blacks and all this shit. And I only hire lesbians. I said, well, why do you hire lesbians? Don't you hate them too? Now, lesbians are hard workers, and they're honest, and they won't steal from you. Okay, well, I'm glad you got your reasons for hiring lesbians. And uh, so we get there, and there's a black guy that greets us at the door. Uh, it's a blood drive uh, that's basically KKK-sponsored, which I didn't know. And I said, Dad, you said this was basically another version of the KKK. You got a black man here at the door. Uh, what's that about? Well, er every one of our precincts, uh, or however he phrased it, has to have one because that way they can't get us for being racist. I said, how you get them to go along with it? He says, pay them enough money. I said, okay, all right. So and me and my dad were on the fade after that. <clears throat> and then in 19, I'm sorry, in 2007, he saw me in a magazine with two black girls from Ohio Valley Wrestling. So he calls me, and it wasn't like I was hearing from him a lot. I'd hear from him every three or four months, and maybe every six months. We weren't that close for obvious reasons. And then he called me and he says, uh, and he talked like a Southern general. You, you would think was, he, he would have been Sheraton from the fucking Confederate war or something. And he calls me, he says, uh, Kenny, I uh, saw you in a magazine up here. I said, Oh really? I said, well, great, man. I'm glad you got to see me in a magazine. I said, what was, what was I doing in that magazine? Cause I had no clue. I didn't know what it was. And, uh, he says, well, I want you to know you brought great shame to the family. I said, why was I being a bad guy? Was I, was I hitting somebody with a briefcase? No, no, nothing like that. What wasn't even an action picture. I said, well, what was it? Well, you were focused in a in a in a magazine uh, with you with your arm around two black girls, and he didn't call them black girls. He called them the other thing. 
And I said, well, dad, I said, uh, yeah, I know who the girls are. I said, they're up and coming talent for Ohio Valley wrestling. And, uh, but we don't call them that down here. Uh, he said, well, what do you call them? I said, we call them girls. We call them girls, dad. Well, I just want you to know you brought great shame to the family because everybody up here, you know, they know about you and they, they know you're my son and they want to know what happened to you. I said, well, what happened to me is that I wasn't raised by you. I said, and if I brought great shame to the family, I said, I'm going to simplify that for you. I said, I'm now no longer a part of your family. From everything so, you've said about your mother, she was not a racist at all, correct? Well, not exactly. Mom had her problems also because she was raised in a racist family. My grandmother once disciplined my mother because she made friends with a black girl on the school bus. And, uh, I mean, things I'm ashamed to talk about, but the truth is the truth. And uh, not as racist as, as apparently my biological father, uh, but the Ryzen family and the Boland family both had their share of, uh, of racism. Uh, probably all families do. I mean, there's always a racist uncle in every family, a racist aunt, what have you. Racist uh, parent. I, racist parent. I have not met a QAnon member yet that wasn't born out of racism. I don't and think I've ever met a QAnon member now that you think now that I think about well, it. Well, unfortunately, I, I had a family member that was one. I didn't know it. She told me she uh, she was pissed that I was bad mouthing QAnon people on Facebook, uh, which I normally save that for Twitter. But apparently she watched my show and heard me going off on QAnon. And she says, I can't believe you're bad mouthing QAnon that way. Those are good people. I said, well, how the fuck would you know? She says, well, I'm a member. And she was married to my Uncle David, which I don't recall David being like that. He died of cancer, shit, eight, ten years ago, however long it's been. And uh, her name was Aunt Kim, uh, even though she was younger than me. She was Aunt Kim. And uh, I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to qualify with QAnon being good fucking people. I said, most of the ones I've seen, I said, 99.9% .9 of them are racist fucks. No, that's not true. I went to a meeting in Arizona. I said, you went to Arizona? I said, I saw that meeting. I saw it recorded. CNN had infiltrated. I said, that's the most racist bunch of fucks I've ever seen. She said, well, they just believe in staying within their race. That's all. I said, well, that's what, that's what racism is, you fucking idiot. So I'm going off on her, and, and uh, she said, well, Kenny, we're family. I said, not anymore. I can't deal with people like you. So I blocked her, and that was that. And if anybody else in my family is a QAnon member, they haven't owned up to it because they know what's coming next. Exactly. So hey, guys, what do you say we take a quick break here? Um, we'll be right back. And when we come back, we'll talk more about Kenny's time in OVW. We'll talk about, you know, maybe what he thinks the current wrestling product could use that would get him back into it. Well, and... I've, well I've been on two hours now, so you better send some more money to my PayPal account. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bolin, you have no idea how much I plan on sending to your charity. I actually, I don't. So it makes us see the surprise. Well, there you go. All right. We'll be there right back. Folks. Back on two marks and a spark. You will notice there was no ad break there because I'm trying to keep this ad free because I feel Wait, like two, 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 two marks and a spark. Cornet's here too. <laughs> no. I if, wish if he would never agree to come. If Cornette no, ever comes no, on this no, show. He, no, he would if, not. If Cornette came on here, I would rip him to shreds. Well, the thing is, if you if you even blew him and uh, if he doesn't think you're getting 100,000 views or whatever, he, he wouldn't come on. Fuck no. That's why he doesn't. That's why he doesn't have the fan rapport. I do. I don't give a fuck how many viewers you got, how many followers you got, whether you're verified or not. If you're a legit person and you act halfway decent, 
I'll interact. I'll interact with you. Uh, I, I'm probably the most fan friendly wrestling personality going, uh, even more than Russo. Cause I don't think Russo writes too many of the fans back. He'll, he'll interact them on the show from time to time. I guarantee you, he doesn't interact with as many people on Facebook and Twitter that I do. Right. Yeah. Um, tells you I got way too much time on my hands is what but, it tells you. Hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with interacting with the fans though. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, unless uh, they're they, pricks, they, they, they've kept me afloat for a long time. And if they're pricks, I get rid of them just as quickly as I let them in. So exactly. you know, they don't get too many chances to do that part. Uh, so going back to OVW, who uh-huh. takes over after Heyman booking wise? Probably Al Snow. If I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Al Snow. And uh, Al really wanted me to be the commentator. Uh, I remember Rob Conway coming to me and saying that they were talking to him about doing the job. And, and he said, nope. He says, this job belongs to Bowen. He said, Bowen is perfect for this. And uh, Did you, you enjoy doing commentary? Time. What's that? Did you enjoy commentary? Or I loved it from the day I did it. Uh, when Danny hired me, I was uh, strictly the commentator. And it was to lay the groundwork for me to be managing to lay the groundwork for Cornette to come in eventually to feud with me. And where he would be the announcer, booker, promoter. Of course, Jimmy had to have all the titles. And uh, I was fired from the show, and I was told that I could not uh, be on the show unless I recruited and brought in my own wrestlers, which who the fuck would do that in real life? <laughs> so, Oh, you got your own wrestlers? Well, come on in. Come on in and beat our guys. <laughs> so, you know, a totally unbelievable storyline, but it was the way to keep me on the show. So that's what we did. So I recruited Mr. Black, and then I went to prison and got Bull Buchanan out of prison, which led to Mark Henry, which led to Rico, which led to Sylvester Turkey, which led to Cena. Well, actually, Rico led to Cena because that's why he was the, the prototype, is that Rico was molding Cena in his own image. Can you imagine the feuds those two could have had if they would have let Rico do his thing? Oh, Jesus Christ. If they had turned on each other in the WWE, all uh, the, the shit that could have been done, those would have been some fucking good matches. Because Cena, for all the shit people give him, the guy can fucking work. Uh, he can work. He's not He's not a great wrestler, but he's a pretty damn good worker, and there's not a better promo. Well, I've been saying that for years. People shit on me when I say Cena's the best fucking promo in the business. Well, who's better? That's my point. And, and, here, and here's the thing. Who's, the better, who's better on the fly? And I've always been very pleased with my ability to cut a promo on the fry, uh, on the fry, on the fly. See, I'm 61 now, so I've lost a step or two. But then again, when I listen to my shows back now that I've lost 265 pounds, I'm not coughing through every fucking show. My health is much better. Uh, the only thing wrong with me now is my knees are bad and, and a little bit of my back and my hip. But as far as everyday functioning in life, as long as I don't have to walk anywhere, I'm doing pretty good. And I listen to my old shows and I... Even the fans pointed out that I sound dramatically better now than I did the shows they listened uh, three, four, five years ago. Um, but no, uh, when you get 61, and this has been my criticism about people being president in their fucking 80s, yeah, Biden's going to make gaffes. Yeah, Biden's going to say stupid shit. And I can run you a six-hour highlight reel of the stupid shit and gaffes and fuck-ups that Donald Trump made. But the same people that want to criticize Biden think Trump never ever made a flub in his life. And and if and if you want to criticize uh, uh Trump, you do have to remember that Joe Biden, not as bad as Trump, but Joe Biden has a little trouble getting through the teleprompter as well sometimes. I make fun of them both. I they're, they're both they're both men sneaking up on 80 fucking years of age and neither one of them should be president. Uh if you want the God's honest truth about it. 
But at least Biden's compassionate. He's decent. He's got a good heart. And he's got Kamala there uh, to do the actual leading if necessary. She was my number one draft pick anyway. But the minute I heard that her name was out there, that's who I wanted. She's smart. She's black. That's what we needed. Uh, that's what this country needed. Um, it was my choice. We'd have Obama back, but that's just me. Well, if you can't have Obama, you have Kamala or Kamala. I see. I get criticized when I say her name wrong, Kamala. But there was a Kamala, the Ugandan giant, forever. But no, I'd be the first one to be all for uh, 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 Obama being back in. I thought the country was in pretty good shape, but I thought we were in real good shape when we had Bill Clinton. Normally, when the country's fucked up is uh, when we've had Republican leaders, such as uh, both the Bushes. Uh, a lot of people didn't really like Reagan that well. Even, even though I he won 48 out of 50 states. Is that how many he won? He, Reagan was the only one in my that, memory. That, that, that's, a, that's a landslide if, if that's what the numbers were. It was like 48 or 49 to 1. Mm. I did not recall that was the case. But he was a big Western star. And see, that's the problem with this country is that we don't vote for people on their uh, their political abilities. We vote for people on how popular they are it's a popularity contest right. and, uh, and and in some ways who can cut the best promo and unfortunately people didn't realize that trump doesn't know anything about cutting a promo but he's better than a lot of the people he's going against and for all these people that said all these horrible things about him lindsey graham uh the little fuck down in florida little marco um uh oh god uh, ted cruz and then Trump buries his fucking family, <laughs> bad mouths his wife and kids, and now uh, Ted Cruz can't pull enough of uh, Donald Trump's cock out of his mouth. Right. And uh, talk about a guy that is just stupid enough to believe professional wrestling is real. Trump. Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, Cruz probably does. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't doubt it a bit. Uh, but like I said, I met Trump three times in person for people that want to talk about what I know and what I don't know. If there's any of you out there have met him three times and know the people I know that know him very, very well, including. Um, um, Doesn't uh, Russo know him pretty well? No, not that I know of. I've never heard him say so because because uh, I've even called him out about, hey, I fucking met him three times. I've never heard him say that he has. Uh, unless you've heard otherwise, he, he, he could have called me out on it a million times. Say, hey, I know trump you shouldn't say these things about him i don't know that russo well he might have met him because uh, russo no i don't think russo was at many of the shows i was at i think russo came in after that or, or, or was gone when we got there because i know him and corn russo went to tna right when it started and that was what a one uh, okay, okay okay yeah i don't know that russo would have had any interaction with trump but uh if, if he's on my show tuesday i'll certainly ask him about it because i thought i read somewhere that he was at one point associated with him. I don't know. That could be a bunch of bullshit. You know, I, I have not sheets. heard that. I'm not going to say it ain't true till I confront Russo with it. But if he's on my show Tuesday and he plans to be, uh, I'll certainly bring that up. Well, here's the thing is, you know, the dirt sheets are full of shit anyway, but. Well, they always have been. It, it's like when one guy said, well, where'd you hear that at? Well, it was on Facebook. I said, man, if I post something on Facebook, you're a fucking idiot. If you believe it, if you're getting your news from fucking Facebook, you're a fucking moron. Or Twitter or any place else. Fucking look to a reliable news source, watch them all, and then see what makes sense and what don't. And if you think Fox News makes sense or AON, then you got some serious fucking problems. Hell, CNN doesn't even make sense half the time. Um, I watch them all, and uh, a lot of it depends on what reporter. Some reporters have more integrity than others. Some reporters have it out for certain, like Don Lemon. I love Don Lemon. 
but uh, Trump was very racist to him. So you're not you're not going to get a fucking uh, unbiased report out of Don Lemon, but Chris Cuomo does. Chris Cuomo will have anybody on at any time. He'll have both sides on, and he calls out bullshit when he hears it on either side. But didn't it's he call Vince out, Chris Cuomo? Who was it on CNN that called Vince out for their fucking independent contractor bullshit? It wasn't Cuomo. It was someone else. I saw it recently. Uh, it was a CNN reporter. I can't think of his name. He slapped the papers out of his hand. Is that the guy? I, I no, that was over the wrestler deaths. I'm talking about over the independent. Yeah, contract. yeah, that was over the wrestler deaths. I I'd have to see it because uh, I was thinking of the wrestler death thing, and of course uh, John Oliver called him out big time for the independent contractor bullshit where they're not allowed to work for anybody. Which is a bunch of bullshit, and me and Bryce... It's a bunch of bullshit and needs to be done away with, and I'm hoping that we can get Andrew Cuomo. I'm sorry, Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Yang. Speaking of get the hell Yang. out of my life, Andrew Cuomo. Oh, my God. Yeah. Where are you from? Where do you live? Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We're both in Minnesota. Okay, both in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, Cuomo, uh, I, po- I pointed out on my show the other day, I've never seen anybody go from the outhouse to the penthouse, uh, from the penthouse to the outhouse as quickly as Cuomo did. You were putting he, him over uh, not that long ago, if I remember. I was putting him over. I was, because uh, I didn't have anything else to go on, but I didn't know seven women were going to come forward and claim that he was a sexual harasser. Seemingly and out of the you ether. Cannot, you cannot be in a man of, pow- of power and do that. Um, I... I pointed out on a recent show that if i sexually harassed seven women at ohio valley wrestling i would not have my job and you certainly cannot compare my job to the governor of fucking new york or the president of the united states so when seven women accuse you of it as governor and 43 women total combined and 12 kids have accused you of it as the president but yet republicans still stand by him and uh, you, have you noticed the difference between the republicans and the democrats well there's democrats standing by cuomo though there are, but nowhere near as many. And the ones in power, uh, the, 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 big, the big guns are all saying uh, either resign, step aside until the investigation's over. You, uh, and nobody would ever say that to Trump on the Republican side. Uh, other than those that, that did say he incited a riot, and then three of those backed off and said they'd still vote for him. Oh, he got, he got some people killed at the White House, but you'd still vote him to be president. Well, at least we know you got your priorities in the right place. So, uh, but no, uh, and, and look at Al Franken. Al Franken didn't hang around fucking a week after he got accused of being uh, in a picture with his hands hovering over the tits of a girl. Well, that's because uh, Al Franken had a few more morals than I think Andrew Cuomo does. Well, probably, uh, probably, and, and did not uh, use his power. Uh, Franken, prob- if anyone deserves some due process, it was Franken. What he did was wrong in his position. He should not oppose for that picture. He should have apologized, and she needed to accept his apology, and then we could have moved on. Whether she would have accepted his apology or not, I don't know. But the Democrats got rid of him in a heartbeat, and they're doing their best to do the same with Cuomo. The best thing I've heard about Cuomo is that there's a few uh, politicians that are saying, well, let's see what the investigation says. Well, I don't need too much of an investigation. I got seven. Um, I flirt as much as anybody, and there ain't seven women saying that I harassed them at Ohio Valley Wrestling, and they couldn't get a job or a promotion because of me unless they fucked me, you know. And and I flirt and tease as much as anybody because from my era, that's what people did. So I get that. I get the Biden sniffing hair thing. That's probably taking it a step too far. Definitely these days, uh, back in the 60s and 70s, you could sniff a girl's hair and she wouldn't say shit about it. Exactly. Uh, it's a different fucking time. It's a different fucking era. In 1964, 
my dad could walk around the house saying the N-word and nobody in my family would say shit about it. 1994, probably shouldn't be doing that. Probably 1984, even 1974 shouldn't be doing that. Definitely not this day and age. Not 2021. And, uh, you know, you ha- it's like I said, I evolved and most of my family did not. And mom fortunately evolved towards the end because I started dating pretty much exclusively black women and Asian women, and she didn't have too much choice. Kenny, we got a few minutes left here. Uh, I just kind of want to ask you this, and I've been meaning to ask you this a couple times. I was well, gonna... well ha- has that deposit hit my PayPal account yet? And, and, and how many zeros are attached to it? We'll talk after and the I show. And I, don't, and I don't mean one dot zero zero either, which has been pulled on me before. By the has way. it really? Has somebody done that to you? I had, I had a fan who's a, a dear friend of mine. I call him a fan, but uh, we've become dear friends over the years. His name is Andy Griffith. I'll call him out right now. And he's watching my show, and I'm giving him shit because he never fucking donates. And I know he makes good money. He lives down in Alabama, probably a Trump supporter. Definitely an Alabama Crimson Tide supporter, which is just as bad. And um, I'm getting, I'm giving him shit on my show for not never donating. I said, you get all this fucking free entertainment. I got a thing that scrolls here, what my PayPal account is, and that we got super chats here for YouTube viewers. And I said, you never fucking donate. I said, uh, it should be a $2 fucking minimum for the thousand of you that watch this fucking show every, every week, 2000. Uh, and then who, however many watch on, listen on audio, I'm just getting on the video viewers. If you're watching this show, you should pay a couple of bucks for this. And, uh, so I'm giving him shit. Motherfucker PayPal'd me one fucking dollar, which he didn't even do it as a friend. So I got like, uh, 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 what three 97 cents of it. And I wrote him, I blocked him. I wrote him. I said, thank you're funny motherfucker. And I blocked his ass. So he had to form another account, write me, tell me how sorry he was that he didn't mean He never said that he didn't do it by accident, but he didn't say that it wasn't by accident either. And, uh, um, of course you're talking so, about donating to your charity, not to you. Yeah. Donating to the charity for the Filipino, uh, flood victims, uh, for the Louisville, uh, homeless in, in the Metro Louisville, Southern Indiana area. I've been doing this for pushing a couple of years now. Let's not make uh, it sound like you're just taking all this money for yourself here. Well, it, there's been, there's been people try to say that. So now there's, uh, between Anthony Scaramucci and countless others out there that I've offered to send these receipts to there's. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's six or seven people that have all. I, I can't risk somebody I don't trust having them because then they'd start posting the fucking names and seeing these people that we try to help. Yeah. And um, and I can't risk that. Some people don't mind. If you want to come on my show and admit Kenny Boland sent me money and we've got four or five that do that every week, they don't care. There's other people that it just embarrasses them that they have to get help from me. And, uh, so I I just recently added two more people to the list. Michael Ryder, who is a a very loyal viewer of my show. Um, he says, man, I can't believe people say this about you. I trust you. I said, well, you don't have to trust me here. Let me show you something. So I went to Rico's account. Rico Constantino has every receipt. And he was saying, he says, I know if you were fucking people, man, even though you got the right to do so, we know how Trump runs his charities. He's fucked his charities and and you only have to use 1% of it. Uh, to be within legal is within your legal is it one percent thing real? Well, that's what my son told me, and he reads all the fucking time, so I trust what he said. He says, "Dad, he says, uh, didn't we run the the numbers on this, and that you've sent uh, about a hundred and twenty percent of the money?" As well, if you factor it over five years, it's more than that. And I said, "But yeah, probably over the last two to three years, I would say that we donated one hundred and twenty percent of the money we've raised. Which, in other words, I've donated at least twenty percent of my own." 
which ain't that much. I'm not, you know, I'm on disability. I'm not rich. I'm not in the wrestling business anymore. And, um, oh, there's been people claim that I've got $1.3 million under my bed. I said, well, hell, you're wrong. I got $2.6 million because it's been drawing interest for the last 10 years. And it's now $2.6 million. Uh, my, my bed calculates interest. And I said, I'm going to do even better than that. Whoever wants to come over here because my knees and back are bad, whoever wants to come over here, get on their hands and knees, get under my bed, retrieve the $2.6 million, I'll split it with you. So no one ever took me up on that offer. But uh, no, there's about six or seven people out there that have uh, every receipt from every transaction I've done for the last two years. And even Michael Ryder wrote me back. He says, King, he said, that's way more than you've took in. I see the donations on every show. You ain't took in that much money. I said, I know. I said, but whenever I get a break or whenever I get the rental assistance or, you know, a, a break goes my way or we get a relief check or something, I said, pay it forward, man. You know, the, these people right. need help. And, and I Philippi firmly believe that, too. Uh, and, I'm on and, unemployment at the moment, so I know how you feel yeah. with needing a break. Well, I hope you got some of that $600 shit because I had a guy named Chris Schmidt that was donating big every week. And I couldn't figure out where he's getting all his fucking money because I knew what his job was. Uh, well, not only was he getting unemployment based on his job, he was getting that bonus 600 a week, too. Yeah, so, Minnesota was getting it. Yeah, so some people were getting... Well, plus, now you're eligible for that bonus $300. Is it 300 or 400 It's going to be going up to 400 um, Oh, is it really? Okay, well, that's good. But it's not so, official, and people that are out you, of unemployment... You, you'll, you'll get it. You'll get it. I have no doubt about that. Uh, that that's what they just pushed through. It's been approved. Uh, and they pushed another unemployment it, extension. If anybody's run out of unemployment eligibility, they've pushed another extension. So through September, I think, right? It's either September or August. I can't remember. They could never settle on it. One, one of the two. It may, it might even be August, but either way, that's a big ass help. So, uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad I've, uh, I wasn't eligible for it, uh, uh, for various reasons. I wasn't eligible for it, even though my pay got cut in half as well. Uh, my son's pay got cut in half. He wasn't eligible for it. Um, but uh, I think you had to lose your job altogether before you got anything like that. Or uh, furloughed or laid off in some way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kenny, so, we're coming up on the end of the show here. I just want to kind of close with this. First of all, thank sure. you. Thank you for coming on here. I, I mean that from both. Well, my... just, just send me your next 24 unemployment checks and we'll call it even. All I mean, right. Sounds good. 24. I mean, it's, it's found money. I mean, you know, shit. How about we call it 22 and a half and we're even. So you're going to be that greedy that you want to keep half of one of those checks. All right. I see how you play ball. All right. <laughs> now go ahead and get in. We got, we got about five minutes here, so go ahead and get in uh, your last uh, last bit you need. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on the show because you're welcome. this means a lot to both of us, and hopefully you've enjoyed being on here. Well, as Jerry Lawler once told uh, Jerry Jarrett and Lance Russell, I made your television show for you. I come here every week and I make your television show. You know your show would go out of business if I wasn't on it every week. So pay me appropriately. So <laughs> there's your Jerry Lawler promo from the mid-70s. I think I... I made your television show for you. And he was right. Without him on it, those ratings would have been dramatically different. Exactly. Now, like non-existent to a degree. You're not here every week, but, you know. I'm not. I'm not ever... Well, if you, if you pay me the money that uh, all those unemployment checks, I might be. I'd love to have you here every week. I'd love to be your new podcast most host if the spot most, opened up. Most, most people would. So in other words, if you fuck Bryce out of his deal, you want me to take his place for, for a $300 equivalent unemployment check. We might be able to make wow. that happen. Bryce, you might be fucked, buddy. Wow. I can't complete. complete time, time, times checks. are a little tight around here. I might have to take your job. 
Bryce doesn't get paid. What the fuck are you talking about? Neither do I. You guys are getting paid. But I am. See, you're paying paying Bryce what he's worth, but now you got to pay me what I'm worth. What the fuck am I worth if I'm paying you guys? And and, and even though you don't have that much money, it'd be nice to to know that you gave it to me. What the fuck am I worth if you guys are worth that? What the fuck am I worth? This show doesn't happen without me. In the words of Edwin Starr, absolutely nothing. Well, you can ask Bryce. I do all that. Do you know who Edwin Starr is? Do you know who Edwin Starr is? Impress me if you know who Edwin Starr is. I've heard the name. I don't. Edwin Starr had the. You remember the song that uh, War, War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. And I think uh, Bruce Springsteen did a version of it. I think that's the version I've heard. But but, but Edwin Starr made it famous. But. Like I said, thank you for coming on the show. And Bruce Springsteen, like Jim Cornette, couldn't think of an original fucking song, so he stole Edwin Starr's. (laughs) See how it works? Yeah. (laughs) See, we... The whole cycle goes around. I knew if I bashed Cornette on here enough, it might boost the ratings. We'll get all those Cornette haters coming on here. That that I didn't think you'd want to talk about Cornette. I was telling Bryce before the show, don't don't talk about Cornette. After the shit he's pulled again today, I said, said, uh, on Twitter, I said, what did he do now? Can he not shut his racist womanizing mouth for 30 fucking fucking seconds and stay out of the fucking heat? When I pull on Twitter, he does it it for the same reason that Donald Trump says racist shit and womanizing shit because the base eats it up. When I pull up Twitter and I see Jim Cornette trending, I know right away what it's right away, right away. away. It's it's base meat. Uh, uh, We should call him quick. We should call him clickbait Cornette. Because that's what he's doing. He's even even though he can't get a fucking job in pro wrestling anymore. I don't know anybody that would hire him, including Vince McMahon. But, I wouldn't have they, him on my fucking show. I wouldn't they, touch they, him. They would. They would. I hear lots of uh, independent podcasters out there tell me that. Uh, but when you say that much stupid shit, whether you believe it or not, uh, all for the sake of money, and, that, and that's why he's doing it. If if his if his numbers are down, then just bash a woman or say something racist or homophobic and you'll get your numbers back up or stupid. And, and I, I refuse to, to believe that Trump is as stupid as uh, he carries on to be sometimes and believes even 80% of the shit he's saying. But if it gets to the base voting for you, you know, he wants to stay in power. He wants to stay out of jail because he's a known crook all over the world. Um, well, I got to stay in power. So I'll just tell people the fucking elections a, a, a fraud, even before we've had a vote. I mean, he laid that seed before there was even a vote. And that's what Cornette does. Cornette says the shit that his cult, he calls them the cult of Cornette. He knows what they are. You call and your fans fa- what? You, you call them your fans. Bolanites. Uh, some people have called them Bolanites, but I call them my friends and fans. And, and, and many of the fans turn into friends. Uh, you might even have that opportunity one day once I get those first 10 $300 checks. I might even call you friend. I, I'm not sure. I'll think about it. <laughs> We're not going to call Bryce friend because Bryce going to be out of a fucking job. Me, you're going to be taking oh, all yeah. the fucking money and running. <laughs> well, I'm going to be taking all the money. You got you know, We got to get paid what we're worth. Exactly. So I get all the money. That's just the way it works. Ask Bryce. He's smart enough to tell you that. Well, that's the way she goes, man. The way she goes, bro. <laughs> Sound like Russo now. All right, it's 9.35. What, what's your last question? I've, I've had a good time with you guys tonight. I don't care if you get five views or uh, 10,055. Well, had we've a had a good time with you, Mr. Bolin. And if you ever want to come back on this show and shit on Cornette for two well, hours. Well, well, let's not get carried away. But, uh, no, as, as a matter of fact, I, I got this attitude from Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'd done his show two times in a row. 
I said, Steve, I, I said, I find it hard to believe that I've gotten ratings worthy enough for you to have me back on two times in a row. He said, well, number one, your numbers did pretty good. Number two, I like you. I find you very entertaining and you got way more knowledge about this shit than I ever dreamed you had because Cornette never, ever put you over. And he said, I like you. And he said, I used to give a shit about the ratings. He says, now I do shows I like, and I like doing shows with you. So I've kind of taken the same attitude, you know, as long as I enjoy the show, like, like Pesci. Um, Pesci that guy's fucking on. hilarious. Well, my son was criticizing him. My son doesn't get it. He says, how in the hell are the fans liking this guy? He says, dad, I don't get it. I said, well, you don't have to. The fans do. And he's gotten more views. Than I'll put Vampiro. Pesci over to Chris. I don't give a fuck. He's gotten more views than Vampiro. He got more views than Miranda Gordy. He's gotten more views than a lot of fucking people I've had on the show. I said, he's gotten more views than Anthony Scaramucci. I was going to say, doesn't he have more views than Scaramucci now? He's got more views than Scaramucci. So, but, uh, but people know what they're going to get when it's me and the Mooch. Uh, since the first show, when he was supporting Trump, they were tuning in for the combative attitude that they thought they were going to get. But they were disappointed because we got along. And respected each other's views. And then by the second show, he hated Trump worse than I did and badmouthed him more than I did. And, uh, but some people Trump don't want fuck that. him. They, like, personally? but yeah, he did. But if they know I'm going to bash Cor Cornette or out him out on something or reveal something that most fans don't know, fuck, I'll have 35 to 40,000 views because they want the fucking dirt. They want the confrontation. They want the heat. They want to go back to Cornette and tell him what Kenny Bowen said. So, um, and but. But I'm the only person that's known him on a daily basis for 45 years. No one on this planet, including Jim Ross or anybody that's worked with him in the wrestling business, knows him better than I do. And uh, But yet some of these bumfuck cult followers would call, would try to call me out. You don't know. You don't know that Jimmy was going to have Russo killed. You don't know. What, what, what. No, I don't know. I've only known him 45 years, worked with him for damn near fucking 17 years. And have spoke to him on the phone practically every day of his fucking life since he was 15 years old. No, I don't know shit. Fuck you. So there you go. Well, let's end on a positive note here. What is your favorite memory? I don't like positive notes. I like bashing people. Well, we're both good at it. Let's, let's be honest. Let's, let's reveal some dirt on Bryce. What do we know about him? Uh, Bryce what doesn't cat, have any dirt. What, what, what poor little innocent I'm, kitty I'm cat perfect. did he fuck in an alley somewhere? You know, you know there's some animal out there he's had sex with. I want names. I want the name of the dog that he got. All right, we'll end on a positive note. What is your favorite? I, I don't want to know about the dog he fucked in an alley. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> okay, apparently the new gimmick is Bryce fucked a dog in an alley. All right. Yeah, if you if you ever hear Bryce paying hush money to somebody named Rover, we'll know what happened. Exactly. And I'll, and I'll <laughs> message you on Twitter and say, well, Rover got his money. Rover got his money. He ain't talking. The Stormy Daniels of dogs. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite moment from OVW as, as a worker uh, or backstage or even just would, shooting the shit with Rico? It, it, in the ring, it would be, uh, even though I never said a word, to tell you how much I appreciated the moment is that when me and Rico got to do the bit with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then when Austin wanted to avoid confrontation and tried to leave the ring, Rico says to Austin, don't you turn your back on me, boy. And then this was not rehearsed. We didn't know Austin was going to leave. Austin didn't know that Rico was going to say, don't you turn your back on me, boy. And when he did, Austin froze with his legs between the ropes and said, this and he's looking at the crowd like, that motherfucker just called me a boy? Okay, all right. I tried to leave, and he turns around, and uh, the, 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 the hype builds up. 
me and Jim Ross, we're speaking, but we're in the background. You know, we're, we're, uh, Russo's let, uh, I'm sorry, Russo. Uh, Jim Ross is letting me know what fucking is about to happen to Rico. I'm letting, uh, Jim Ross know what Rico's about to do Stone Cold. So you see us talking in the background. So me and Ross are amping each other up and, and Rico is getting in Steve's face. Steve has got the, looking at the crowd like, is this motherfucker actually challenging me? And then uh, we had no clue any of this shit was going to happen, but but Austin stuns Rico and pours beer on him. And Jimmy got mad because I didn't get out of the ring quick enough because they wanted all the focus on Austin and Rico. Did they ever and, end up having a match? And with me being in there, they were concerned that Austin was now have to stun me, and then that would take all the heat off of Rico, which I would have loved to have took a stunner from Austin. I was pretty good at taking them because I took them, took them from some other guys. And, uh, but no, they never had a match unless they, uh, pretty sure they didn't have one in WWE, but, but Rico did beat Ric Flair on television, which I never did. I never got to beat Ric Flair. Beat people that held his belt, but I didn't get to beat Ric Flair. Out of ring. So that would have been my favorite moment in the ring. My favorite moment that I actually got to do some shit in <clears throat> was cutting a promo on The Undertaker and Sin because I was managing Diamond Dallas Page that night. And so to get to cut a promo on Undertaker, letting him know what Diamond Dallas Page was going to do to him was pretty good. And we all took choke slams at the end of the night from Taker and Kane. Um, You're still friends but, with DDP, correct? Uh, to a degree. I, I've had him on my show. I did like a two-hour show with him. But I haven't had much interaction with him since then. Uh, I'm sure that you know he would be fine to, to do so. Um, but no, uh, I, I don't really have much interaction with him. I, I guess he's a pretty busy guy. And I'm not a meditating guy. I couldn't meditate if my life depended on it. Chris does. Vampiro does. Uh, and I got friends that do, but I, I could never meditate. I'm just not capable of it. Well, I couldn't meditate either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really couldn't. Uh, backstage, my favorite thing. God, we'll save that for the next show. I can't. I'd, I'd have to think through some things and determine what my favorite backstage thing is. Well, Follow me on Twitter. Follow Starmaker on Twitter for when you want to know when we're going to do our next at, show. At, at, at Starmaker Bolin. Um, as a matter of fact, if you want to, if you want to get any of my merchandise, I've got hundreds of things in my merchandise store. The link to it is on my Twitter page, off to the left hand side. You'll see it there. Isn't it called like <clears> Bed <throat> Bath and Bolin or something like that? Bed Bath and Bolin. Yeah, Bed Bath and. I Bolin. got a kick out of that I the first that. time I saw it. Thank you, thank you. And we got a nice little logo too, don't we? It looks yeah. just like the Bed Bath and Beyond logo. I just somehow. Uh, because Bed Bath & Bowling, there's hundreds of things in there. J.J. Arwood created and designed most of the things in there, other than the original shit like the Bowling Club logo. The, but he did do the new BS logo, which I really like. Uh, the Bowling Alley logos in there, all kinds of things. Uh, we got masks, we got shirts, sweatpants, sweatshirts, hoodies, T-shirts for women and men. We got every fucking thing. Uh, 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 here's one you'll love. We have uh, fanny packs. <laughs> I never ever wore a fanny pack in my life, but we have fanny packs in any of my logos that you want. I get uh, the mask thing and I get the shirts thing and everything else, but why fanny packs? Um, because uh, somebody asked me if I sold fanny packs and I said, JJ, do we have fanny packs? He looks it up. Yep. Yeah, we got fanny packs. And you gotta, and you gotta make sure you cover all your bases, man. So there's, a, there's at least one or two fans out there that have bowling club fanny packs. So. That is hilarious. Uh, and, and then me and Dion Warwick get into it because Dion Warwick says that she will never give up the fanny pack. So I made a simple tweet to Dion Warwick stating, yeah, uh, I'm glad you like the fanny packs. I avoided the fanny pack like the plague. 
And I'm proud to say that I never had a day on this planet Earth that you ever saw Kenny Bolin wearing a fanny pack. That's all I said. Her fans went ape shit on me. They were cussing me up one side and down. You know, how dare you insult Dion Warwick for wearing a fanny pack? And I, was, I let all this shit go on. Hundreds and hundreds of negative comments to me by Dion Warwick fans that they thought that I was bad-mouthing her for wearing a fanny pack. And I said, all I said is that I wouldn't be caught dead in a fucking fanny pack if she wants to wear what I don't give a shit. Calm down, motherfuckers. Exactly. And uh, but they lost their fucking mind. And the other people that I have really offended on on Twitter are those Scott. Uh, is it Scott Bayo? Is he the one that's the big Trump supporter? I believe so. Well, I ate his ass up one day, letting him know what a stupid. Even fuck though he Trump was. buried him. Did Trump bury Scott Bayo? I what? think he. I don't even fucking remember, but it was right he after better, he better he better blow the cock anybody that likes him these days, uh, including Scott Bayo. But I lit him up, and I want you to know that 43 of his fans were down my shit uh, that day. Now, I, I saw all these likes and comments, and I thought, oh, God, man, people backing me up on this Scott Bayo shit. No, it was all his fans. And they were fucking furious, man, that I said a negative word about Scott Bayo. And I said, hey, I can beat his ass any day of the week. Y'all want me to fight him? I said, I'll fight him if you want me to. That little pussy can't handle me, but neither can Donald Trump. So I just kept it going after that. But yeah, the Scott Bayo fans and the uh, Dion Warwick fans are relentless. They will get in your shit if you piss them off. Well, I think that's a fitting spot to end this. We've bashed about how many people on this show? 305? Quite, quite, quite a few. Including quite a few me. Um, if, you, if you send me $5 for everybody we donated, fuck, I can take a few weeks off. <laughs> and then come back and do another one of these. <laughs> come back and do another one. We'll bash another 300. All right. Well, guys, we're going to end the show here. Uh, Kenny, if you want to stick around for a second, I will tell you the number you're getting. Not, not really, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, you're going to offer me some money. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll stay around for that. I was going to leave. Okay. Well, thanks again to our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thanks again, StarMaker yeah, Bowling. Thanks, BetterHelp. Send me a check, too. I was here for all this. You were here for one show. <laughs> I've been here for 20. Well... Send me a check for all 20 shows. Uh, I'm probably going to get you more viewers tonight than you've had on your previous 20 shows. That's the prediction I'm going to make. I'm going to make that prediction probably as well. Probably right. Oh, well, shit. Well, if y'all agreeing with me, I guess it should happen then. Now now I'm going to look bad if it doesn't happen. So I got, I got to promote this show with you guys. Now we're all going to look like geeks if this doesn't <clears throat> go over. Exactly. I hope it goes over. Can you imagine what marks we'd look like if this doesn't go well? <laughs> we would suck. We would. But until the next time I'm on your show, I did say. Good day. Have a good one, everybody.